0: welcome back to another episode of Line of Succession. I am your host Lee. I am here. I am joined by Spencer. Spencer, say hey to the people. Hey, everybody. Spencer, this is why we do the podcast. Yeah. This is why. <laughs> this is why. Like when we started Succession, I told you you have to wait to please get through, get through to the end of season one with me. Mm-hmm. Season two, I would say the same thing. Season three looks like we're getting the same thing, right? Where it just builds and builds, and then we just get these sort of epic climaxes of the season. I mean, I got a lot to say about this episode. I actually have a lot to criticize about this episode, which might surprise you, Hmm. but you cannot say it's not entertaining. I mean, with the the last few hours they pack into these seasons are just edge of your seat watching. I
1: mean, this is peak succession. This is the most succession of succession episodes we've had yet this season of where everyone is terrible and everyone is having a horrible time, but God, are they articulate and fascinating watching them do it
0: absolutely um you made a interesting comment right before we started recording and we do this thing where we talk before we start recording and then like sometimes you'll say something and i'll go stop stop stop. we have to record uh because i want want to catch it on the pod which is who the hell could possibly be the loser of the episode <laughs> phenomenal question i couldn't stop thinking about it. that was like the actually the, the other than the, the central question of the, the cliffhanger that was the second thing that came across my mind was who the hell could possibly be the loser there's a lot of losers whole lot of losers throw a stone you hit a loser in and, this crowd
1: and, and certain these people think they're winning but god i don't think they are it, it, the options for who suffered this episode are legion
0: yeah all right well let's do a little bit of housekeeping before we get going this is a mangum talks podcast if you enjoy mangum talks podcast go to Talks.com. we have a bunch of podcasts we have a bunch of tv review podcasts general interest podcast tv and movie uh, we have movie review podcasts called mangum watches which we really enjoy uh that, that's been a lot of fun lately so yeah check us out at Mangum Talks.com or go to your favorite podcast provider and talk in type in Mangum talks and if you join this podcast please subscribe rate and review we really appreciate you doing so you know what's interesting spencer i've noticed is that it, you we, typically we'll start a podcast right and we, sure. we do new podcast feeds for new television show reviews right so people can find us you know they type in succession we want them to be able to find us talking about succession so we started a new yeah. podcast um and then we build an audience, right? And eventually about episode three or four is when I start really hammering people. Can you please put reviews in? It really helps us. So, but inevitably when I do that, I'll start begging people, can you please do reviews? And then we'll start getting negative reviews. You'll but, get what's interesting to me is like, but what's interesting to me is like, you hung in there through five episodes. We're doing two and a half hour reviews. You don't think, hate it th- that
1: much. <laughs> think about these people, just how pissed off they are, but they didn't have an outlet. And then finally you told them, hey, you can come. And it's like... I can finally tell those bastards how I feel. It makes me think that we have people
0: hate listening to us. Like, because they're still listening. They're still listening, right? So, like, I'm like, hey, if you're listening... Sometimes I'll do it, like, at the end of the podcast, right? So, they've gotten through two hours, and then they go on and they say, I don't really like this. Well, here's the central complaint we're getting uh, from our podcast here on Succession, which is... People don't like that we're preferring one character over another. Let me say, Senator... Hand on the Constitution. I'm here. Yep. Hand up. Okay. You can swear me in, sir, as an officer of the court. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh, let me say unequivocally i hate all these characters (laughs) the point can you people just understand that we have to talk about the show so we have to say if somebody's winning or losing the episode or whatever but don't get it twisted these are all awful people i don't Uh, like any of them
1: we're like uh, when, when we call this a horse race we do mean they're all going straight for the glue factory nobody's winning this they're we're just seeing who makes it there
0: first which which horse hits the barrier that breaks the leg that has them shot on the tarmac first? Like which which one?
1: Right there, kids weeping in the background makes the front page of the New York Times. That's what we're talking about. The competition is. No so one if you got this. it in your
0: head that I hate Kindle or I love I I love Kindle or I hate Shiv, we hate them all. Okay, like let's just get that clear. They're all awful people but we just try to talk about the episode in the best way we can. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That's been covered. I think it's time we get into our segments. We have segments galore here on line of succession. We start with the recap. That's me. I get the homework in this podcast. I do the recap every week and I will do it again this week. Then we go into Roy the episode? A segment we were just talking about: who won, who lost the episode. We do line of succession, best line of dialogue from the episode. We round out with my favorite three minutes of every week: Spencer's relationship advice at the episode. It's a it's a segment I bring him kicking and screaming to. In reality, he doesn't really want to do it, but I make him do it. Spencer, do you have any relationship advice for for our audience based on the wholesome nature of this episode?
1: When when the grandfatherly figure uses your child as a poison tester, something has gone wrong, leading to this moment. Plus, I've got other things, too.
0: Yeah, inevitably, like, what is happening here is, like, we are watching a nuclear bomb go off and, like, people run screaming from a city center. And then I'm like, hey, Spencer, what do you want to tell the kids about physics? Like, that's kind of how
1: I run this segment. that, That bank that was at ground zero, really too long of lines out front. Got to say (laughs) <laughs> that's the level of thing I'm offering for this segment.
0: It's kind of hard. Kind of hard to work in any relationship advice at the episode with this clusterfuck. But Spencer will try. Why? Podcast professional. That's man, why. Man. I think it's time we start. Season three, episode eight. Been some talk in the fandom about how you pronounce this episode. I'm calling it Chianti Chire because, so. of, because of the wine Chianti and it's Italy and they drank the entire episode. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's what we're going to go with. So. Okay. So I asked you before we came on pod Spencer, what is the next show we're going to do? We're going to review. This is the penultimate episode of season three. We're going to get episode nine that's the finale then what do we do what are we going to review Mm -hmm. we settled on star wars i think we're going to do the book of boba fett i think we're going to jump into the star wars universe again we're gonna do the book of boba fett but i'll tell you if we weren't going to do that i had a show teed up it's the show that's being advertised here on hp the landscapers did you see the the review for the 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 trailer for this
1: i saw the ads most of the time i tune off entirely during the ads whatever else this one was i don't know whether the show's gonna be compelling but that was a very effective ad
0: it looked really interesting. Like and it looked like one of those like one-shot eight episode who done it type deals that like really fascinate me. Like like the undoing was or like mm-hmm. white lotus was something like that. Uh so we get our recap of previous episodes. Right away they focus on the fact the DOJ thing just went away. Spencer, I think you were right about this. I think they just fucked off with that plot line and I have complaints. Uh we will talk about hey, it. I, already I don't voiced I join me. Uh, Then they talk about the big Tuscan wedding, La Tida, as your boy Logan says.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, More Madsen stuff. Obviously, Madsen's going to play a big role. You don't get Alexander Skarsgård for a small role. This guy's going to have something to do with the
1: plot. You say that, but Adrian Brody showed up for an episode and a cameo, and they were apparently content with that.
0: Exactly. A hundred percent, Spencer. I completely agree. So we get Gojo. Kendall saying it makes no sense for, I thought it was interesting they focused on the line from Kendall in the recap. It made me think that that might've got in, in Madsen's head, this idea of, well, it doesn't make any sense for them to be buying you. Shouldn't you be buying them? Maybe Kendall yeah, got a little something there in his head.
1: That's a, that's a good thing to note. This guy, this guy seems rather ego obsessed and that kind of line definitely seems like it would have appealed to that kind of narcissist.
0: Then we have no cold opening. Jumping no. right into the action this week. None. Absolutely. Uh, we see people getting dropped off. Looks like a board meeting. We have a board meeting. We see Carrie pull Stewie and Sandy aside. Apparently, Sandy and Stewie show up together. Still vested interest, I guess. Um, They're board members. Can Logan get just five? She asked. We get uh, Logan and Sandy. Um,
1: Sa- Sandy with an eye.
0: Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and they get pulled aside. And... Uh, Logan asks Sandy about six, six Sandy. Um, how, how's your dad doing? Right, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and Fane's concerned for him. Oh, it'll be so nice to have him again. He's you know he's bored meeting Logan at this point. Yeah, oh yes, right. glad to be in good mood. Uh, Stewie, great line here. Great, we're all over the fucking moon. What is this? <laughs> I would love to hang out with this guy. Cut the oh, bullshit.
1: More Stewie on the show. I'm all for it, please.
0: Roman then explains that they are in conversations too by Gojo. Stewie, ask how advanced. Roman, oh, not very advanced. Just getting to outline terms.
1: <laughs> so, you who have handled more than a few business deals in the past, once you're outlining terms, you've gone pretty far. I would say, yeah, yeah. you're
0: past concept at this point. Certainly. That's for sure. Uh, Stewie, so pretty fucking advanced. Sandy seems pretty upset during this entire sequence, I want to point out. Uh, But she also seems slightly over in over her head, which is not a surprise, right? Like, the idea of her having a board seat was something that I think Shiv really cooked up in a self-interested way. I don't think it was based on her actual ability or uh, skill set or experience or whatever. I'm not saying she's a dumb person. Not at all. She's like she's catching up fast. But I do think she was kind of thrown in the fire with this whole deal.
1: Yeah, well, while Stewie's just kind of being snarky and rolling with it. She is clearly uncomfortable with the scenario and is obviously telegraphing it. So it, it shows that she's a little bit more junior at this than maybe Stewie is.
0: Right, Stewie is absolutely sort of hiding what he thinks until the very end. Yeah. Logan, well we didn't want to bother you until we had some protein. What a what a
1: Loganism. Yeah, definitely.
0: Jerry says they didn't want to ambush you, Stewie. Well, no, I mean if you jump out on someone in the road in the middle of the night, hit them on the head and shout I'm not ambushing you, it's still a fucking ambush. Yeah,
1: fair, fair. Yeah.
0: Potential line of the episode, I think. Great line. Uh someone uh on Twitter uh screen crap that screen cap that line and tweeted it out adding the actor
1: mm-hmm.
0: and was talking about how great the actor did and the actor I thought it was a really interesting thing he responded and said hey this was all writing and this episode was good because of the writing like he made a point of responding and saying don't give me credit this is the writing uh, Logan says they're going to be in trouble with another 5 years of cord cutting this is a transformative deal. Sandy jumps in and says, it's not okay. They were supposed to be inside deal-making. I don't See, even that term sounds kind of junior, inside deal-making.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, it doesn't seem like she's in her element here. Carrie jumps in and says, well, it's time for the meeting. Sandy says, well, what are you going to do if Madsen starts micro-dosing and being crazy again? More on that later mm. in the episode. That does come up. Logan tries to brush it off, but she pushes, saying, look, it's bigger than anything you've ever contemplated. Is that true? Do we know that's true? How big is fucking Gojo? Like, this is kind of insane, the weight they're putting on it now.
1: We find out later this episode that their market cap is rivaling Waystar. So
0: this is- After after a later spike, uh, the price jump, it looks like they had a massive, like, couple day like jump in their stock price i
1: I would be surprised if it isn't still incredibly significant purchase both from both just both in terms of its potential but also the amount of money they're talking about throwing around this seems like a real big move like you know once every few decades kind of move for the company
0: and logan a guy who has managed a board before i think shows it by saying sure okay well if you don't like it kill it Stewie, stewie Well, well, we didn't say that.
1: <laughs> I, I, <So> he, <laughs> I, I love that Stewie is partnered with the Sandys, but he is not of the same mindset. At any point, it is kind of frustrated no. that he's with them. It's just like they're yeah. in it; they're in it for their own particular because or They're screwing over Logan. He's here to make money, and this idea could make money.
0: Yeah, you know, you knew Stewie was going to like it. Of course, he was going to like it. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely a money maker. Um, the only thing that I, I thought might be interesting about for stewie is obviously stewie now has some stock in this company i mean you would think well
1: he was a board member beforehand he was a board member beforehand
0: right but he has a significant amount of stock sure it probably more after the recent deal yeah yeah and they talk about the shares getting diluted with the purchase so i just wonder if that ever plays into into well, effect for him. well
1: i have be really curious to see what he has to say about where they ultimately end up in terms of merger because that is going to really dilute his share base <laughs>
0: yes it will logan then says they should go on in sandy where's Shiv? why is it Shiv here roman oh because this is just in her circle tom gives him a look like dude hmm. come on man i'm right here roman says just kidding the president will be here soon cut the Shiv. she's not going to be there soon she's at home in her bed tom calls and says what do you uh what do you think about this um uh no calls in and says uh, i think they're going to eat it basically
1: yeah um, they're okay with this
0: yeah, they're going to like it. Sandy is processing it, but Stewie loves it. So he read Stewie the same way that we did, that Stewie really likes the idea. But then he says, okay, now what What are you going to do with this? Are you coming in? Are you on the way? And she goes, no, I still feel the way I did before. Now, what do you think that was alluding to?
1: I, I think that she said, I think she offered like a generic, I don't feel well today, I'm sick. When in reality, she's still just in a colossal funk over what happened in the last episode.
0: Yeah, well probably. But it seemed like she had... Trend of- it seemed like she had given Tom some sort of like, hey, I, like a specific thing, right? Because she said, I still feel the way I told you before. There was some line referencing a previous conversation, I felt like. It was, yeah. Um, yeah. Tom asked about the wedding. Well, what about the wedding? And maybe you don't need to go. I think Tom doesn't want to go to his wedding. I think his wedding. <laughs> We've all yeah. had this sort of conversation yeah. with our spouse. Like, hey, hey you know, if, if you're if you, not
1: feeling well. Right. If you're not up for this, you know, I'm here for you. You know, we don't have to do this. absolutely you
0: know look hey don't feel like you have to go for me you know we've all had that sort of conversation she says "Fuck that i'd never hear the end of it can you imagine cut to the board meeting gotta say frank is a real pro at opening this thing up
1: frank is an MC, just a professional we've seen that before he ran the whole shareholders meeting basically by himself and he is here to make sure this thing gets started off with as few road bumps as possible
0: I feel like he was doing a great job, but yeah. Frank um, says Shiv is not available. Working on strategy. She's working on strategy, for Spencer. Hey. That's perfect. Perfect explanation. Oh, hey. Uh, uh, Kendall Roy, who uh, will not be attending due to illness.
1: Uh, that's not actually true. Uh,
0: anyway, and then um, we will move on to, and then Frank mentions that Ken and Logan are recused. <laughs> because Yeah, sure. And Logan uses that as an opportunity to stand directly outside the glass door and watch them and i guess they muted kendall or something they got to drop kendall from the line or something to recuse him
1: yeah uh, logan's we've seen logan's definition of recusal before of where logan you need to leave now we're doing a board vote fuck that logan is now being willing to not be in the room which to him means i'm going to stand directly next to the glass and loom over all of you while you make a decision
0: yeah, and it seems like what he's after here is getting the board to okay the go-ahead for the acquisition of Gojo.
1: To, to talk to the bankers at the very least to get things moving.
0: And it seems like he got that. Yeah. Um, uh, Stewie, I feel like I'm taking a shit at the Guggenheim. Pretty funny line. <laughs> and then she says, can we make a note in the minutes he's watching us? Okay. Sure. sure can, yeah. Saying, you, know you, know what, you know where these notes are going to go? In a email blast to the shareholders and... No one will ever pay attention to it
1: again. It is notable that when we got when we go to Logan's perspective outside, it does appear to be soundproof glass because we can't really hear what's being said. Oh in no, seven. I
0: don't think he can hear him.
1: Yeah, I don't think he but, can hear him. But his presence is still clearly there. Absolutely.
0: Cut to uh, a private jet. Got a PJ. Still uh, hey, in PJs. hey,
1: hey, hey! Didn't they say no private jets?
0: Yeah, but this is obviously their own money. I don't think this Uh, this could possibly be the company's jet, Spencer. I mean, they they adhere to these sorts of rules and procedures. It's not
1: like we just saw in another scene that any of the anticipations of the Sandy team haven't been just fully realized, right? It's not like that Logan would just tell you something and then not go forward with it, knowing that he ultimately is going to force you to go along with him anyway, right? I'll say this about that jet.
0: It looked a little small. That cabin looked a little cramped for me. I mean, like, I, I mean, obviously it's better than flying commercial. I'm not saying that, right? Obviously it is. But for a private jet, like, there was not a lot of room on that thing. There was It was maybe a six-seater. Um, so it didn't, didn't look super comfortable. This is
1: their definition of flying economy.
0: Yeah, there you go. Maybe they think they're not on a private jet. Maybe they think this is, like, commercial. these uh, it ever actually been commercial before? Uh, Shiv is getting on and sees Roman. You sounded dumb at the board meeting. Man, these two are just pulling pigtails and putting gum in your hair and kicking you in the balls. They are just playground at this point. Yep. Roman points out that at least I showed up. And Shiv asked, uh, and asked Shiv what she was doing. Great quote here. Brunching with some other sock puppet girl boss
1: presidents. Oh! <laughs> he knows exactly where to hit her that just has no response and really cuts heavily deep.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of people... Out there, who use the "girl boss" moniker? I mean, I've worked with people who actually put it in their office. Um, these people who were watching this episode <laughs> had their feelings hurt at this line. It's me.
1: It's, not it's not a girl boss president. It is very effectively mean, which Roman is very skilled at.
0: Yeah, Shiv does not show any weakness though. Punches right back. Says Roman doesn't have a date for Italy. Guess this was a. This is. I guess this is the flight to Italy that they're on right now.
1: As one obviously,
0: does. Obviously, Roman doesn't have a date. We're not surprised about that. Roman then says he had Peter Onion's rat fucked, which it let me translate for the uninitiated to succession. This means um, Peter, the guy who is going to marry his mother, mm-hmm. he had him uh, background right, research and looked into rat fucked. They say they've said this before. Um, it is it basically a term. Means we look at backgrounding, backgrounding these people. Uh, the guy's a fucking slime badger. Three bankruptcies, two marriages, four children, and five shell companies and a partridge in the pear tree, apparently. Uh he goes on to explain he's a big investor in shitty nursing homes. Uh, Spencer, I don't know if you've uh, ever gotten into this uh sector before or done any research into it. But there is an entire like world out there of like crime stories and like like, like crime enterprises that you oh, can yeah. research. Of people taking advantage of people in nursing homes, of owning nursing homes and doing like sketchy ass shit to them, sketchy ass shit to the patients, giving them fake medicine. I mean, all kinds of crap that's gone on out there.
1: It is industrial scale elder abuse. It, invo- it involves everything from, you know, crimes and crimes related to mortality to just outright theft all rolled together. Yeah.
0: So when he said this, I like had a big neon light flashing like, oh, oh, could be a real big problem. Roman says he's asked mom if they can talk to her, quote, but I think we should do it together. Shiv completely blows him off. Uh, Roman, well, at least we can check to see if there's a prenup. I mean, there's a lot of shit in there from the divorce, and the guy is clearly on the make. So yeah, Shiv, fuck it. She's probably in sexual thrall to him. There is nothing we can do. Um, this is so- which, you know, it's interesting here because yeah. obviously Shiv is concerned. She, had, she approaches this with their mother later. I, don't th- I think Roman could have came up to her and been like, if you, I need you to send one text to someone right now to save a hundred dying children. And Shiv would have said, fuck you. Like, I yeah. don't think is anything Roman could have asked her that she would have cooperated with at this I, point.
1: I think I very much agree with that. And I think we can see that later when Shiv does directly broach the subject to her mom. This is, this is Roman caring about his family the way that Roman always does when he's not shoving them downstairs or constantly insulting them or making weird sexual come-ons. He does have a care for his family, and he clearly is worried about this. And as you said, Shiv's not in the mindset to agree with him about anything, but I think she does take it to heart.
0: Absolutely. Roman, let her? Okay, then let him kill her for her emeralds and screw us out of the firm. See if I care! Tom brings up the deal, and Roman tries to shut it down by saying, well, you guys aren't really a part of that. Roman, shiv pushes back on that basically like, hey fuck you roman roman i can't quite fire you because i'm still a little scared of you but my thinking is when i take over i'm gonna put you in the office next to mine and you're gonna be my sexy secretary
1: i'm with shiv on this one the fuck is wrong with you can you it's, it's, i know no, i always go no, back to this don't answer. ask this question i know where you're going i'm not answering. Well, i don't know
0: how what other frame of reference do we have for how crazy it is i don't know how else to explain it like it's just so off the deep end it's it's hard to even give a, a moral
1: compass to how weird this comment is I, I can't even just put myself in a headspace to imagine a scenario where i would say that to my sister it would never occur to me to even go in that go in that particular vein i will be curious to see what more they make of this because they've been building this consistently over the course of seasons we talked about season one that yeah that's, just, that's some weird incesty kind of dialogue out of Roman. It has been only increasing over time. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Even Tom at this point, like notices it and grimaces at how uncomfortable it's insulting, but also just wildly uncomfortable. It is Shiv just screams. What the fuck is wrong with you, Uh, Roman? Then (laughs) I don't know. We're working on it. ongoing process. (laughs) Fair. Cut to a succession scene, string music playing while the family gets in and out of black SUVs. We see Kendall getting out, Uh, He's in very plain clothes and a shaved head.
1: Mm -hmm. Coming back from the front, as his mother puts it later. (laughs) Ugh. He doesn't look good. And he's not acting good. No, this... Well, he doesn't look good. He's not acting good. But he's talking a lot more grounded sense than he has all season previously.
0: I guess. But he still seems... You know, last episode I talked about how um, it seems to me... You, I mean, it's, first off, it's a fictional character, so you can't really diagnose a fictional yep. character yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. But it seems to me that he's a manic depressive and that he's now dipped and he's in a depressive state. And it seems as though he's still in that state. it's also, what it looks like to me.
1: It's also apparent in this episode that he's drinking again, in a way we did not see as much of previously in the season.
0: Well, I talked about that in a previous episode, remember? Yeah. I brought up specifically that he they made a point of showing him in the middle of the day with hard liquor in his hand. Yeah. The entire party he was drinking... Um, and then, of course, in this episode, he's drinking a lot, too. So I think they've been building toward this,
1: yeah, right? Like I agree. He's
0: not doing, he's not on, he's not that we can see on drugs, but it does seem that he has substituted that with some very heavy drinking that obviously culminates in the apex of the episode, which we'll get to. Cut to Carolina, Carolina Collingwood? Indeed. Most Carol- British name possible. Carolina Collingwood. I, my American tongue can't even get it out. The mother who going over to greet Kendall, did you just come back from the front? Kendall, yeah, I felt like it. I'm stripping down. So even in his depression, he can still be a douche. I'm stripping yeah. down. She then greets her grandchildren with all the warmth of Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Caroline <laughs> then sends the kids off to the house speaking Italian. Everybody apparently fucking speaks Italian. In it's the surprising. They all do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Easter and Shiv. Caroline, you look rather tired talking to Kendall. Kendall says, well, thanks, Mom. And she says, look, Peter's printed out an itinerary of events, okay?
1: Nice to have an organized wedding.
0: Could we divvy them up? And he's like, what? And he's like...
1: When when she first said that, I assumed that she was saying, I don't want to go to all of these or host, so can you manage a few? My brain did not go to, I can't have you coming to most of these.
0: Yeah, because your father is here, and he would rather not be together with you. Kendall, with a great quote, what? What is your son getting? And what is your ex-husband who you hate getting? <laughs> which is a great fucking point. She cannot let a moment go without telling you how much she hates Logan. But yet, she is willing to have her son not participate in at least half the events.
1: But it's not her. So that, Colin,
0: so that fucking Logan can go to them.
1: It's not her. It's it's Bridezilla over there. He, he wants to have all the important people around during the key events. Which implication doesn't include you which is even more insulting it's just you know
0: kendall is already this is the thing about carolyn she's an awful mother it's pretty clear i'm willing to go ahead and say that yeah because first off she even says she's an awful mother later in the episode unironically it doesn't seem like she's drunk it just seems like she's just saying it but She has got to know at this point that Kendall goes through ups and downs. How can you have this child and not know that? And this is obviously a down to the point that he shaved his fucking head and he's walking around moping and he's, he's down. And in this state is when she decides to say, you know what? I'd rather not have you at half the events. Why? Well, because my husband to be only wants important people at those.
1: Is it fair to say that she has very distinctly different relationships with her three children? That with Kendall, she is at best distant she has yes. no emotional or connection or warmth going to him at all and it seems put upon to even be asked to fake it for a few minutes roman the apple of her eye he's her little likes baby, roman always going to be close to him
0: she but does but likes him in a sort of like almost like a um like a doddering grandmother but not in a way that has any real like weight to it, it she's not like hey roman like how's your life how are you feeling it's like let me just josh with him a little <laughs> yes. bit and send him away
1: <laughs> yeah it's very much let's bring in the five-year-old for a few minutes so we can play with there him you and go. then he goes uh meanwhile with shiv as she said sniping it is combative it's a fucking
0: 30-year knife fight between these two like yeah. they, they hate each other you're gonna score to just complete villains
1: i want your full boxing score of the fight we get later because man oh, is gonna, that yeah. a blood sport
0: uh, cut to Shiv getting out of an SUV. She also speaks Italian. Cut to Connor. Great Connor and Wyla episode. Great. <laughs>
1: That's Great. a word for it. That's a word for it.
0: <laughs> I love Wyla. You know, she is obviously like come from white trash, you know, like now found herself in this world because she just goes, so Italy excited. pizza pasta
1: and popes. <laughs> I-, I love how excited she always is. This is still all new to her, and she's just happy to be here and the way the rest of them are just jaded. She asked Connor if he had ever
0: met a pope he did yeah. he met a pope proper fat him pope. and his dad met, met one a few few pubs back full fat pope very religious full full on pope drank big, the
1: coolant
0: yeah uh, fully leaded pope while I asked Connor if everything is okay and he seems pretty distracted mm-hmm. Connor says he's looking at his phone he says a guy from Politico is act- asking for more information on her he wants her background where she went to school all this stuff this stuff that you would history. do if someone was actually taking him seriously, this mm-hmm. political reporter, and they were doing any kind of vetting into him and his personal life, these are the questions you would ask.
1: Yep. And uh, they ponder, you know, maybe he's going to be friendly. You know, it's Politico asking questions about a, about a candidate for office.
0: Yeah, they've never they've never asked. A ne- they've never printed a negative article about a candidate before. Well,
1: that's why was this, because journalists are so fucking friendly, my experience. Yeah, this isn't good.
0: I found, that, I found that comment ironic because I never see any warmth from Wyla to Connor. So she's like bashing journalists for not being warm. And it's like, you you also, like, I mean, it's not like, maybe ironic's not the right word, but like the writing is kind of funny that she would be throwing stones in that arena because like no one would ever say Wyla's warm.
1: She's not warm, but she had, last episode in particular, she was at least protective. She was at least willing to stand up for Connor in certain moments. Um, yeah.
0: Don't ask for his fucking coat. <laughs> Cut to Roman. He's at Jerry's room, surprising enough, uh, and asks if she's going to drinks. Jerry says she needs to check with Lori. Lori! Lori! Lori's here! here. Lori's hey. here! <laughs> Lori's here! And then tries to move it to business, but Roman goes right back to personal. Lori, 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 you just not stop going on about him. And quite frankly, I find it disgusting. Jerry then. Laurie, we're gonna we're gonna walk down the hall. We're gonna be down the hall, okay? All right, we'll meet you there, okay? Uh, Ro- Lo- Roman, we have got to
1: talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this so. this is a bit of a revelatory moment when it comes to their relationship, of where you and I have been debating constantly that a basis of their relationship was her being distant and attacking him a little bit and trying to put him off. Is it, we're almost still pondering: is she still playing the game, or is she just kind of wanted to go away? i think we have finally established which of those two camps is correct that oh no 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 he's sexually harassing her and that's not okay
0: yeah he has absolutely crossed the line she has been trying to tell him over and over again it's not okay um yeah he's sexually harassing her for sure at what roman let, What what let me full stop here we're gonna joke a lot in this episode yeah because it's fucking succession and the whole thing is absurd it's absurdist but what he is doing here is not okay in any situation men out there let me get all my guys in the locker room real quick okay <laughs> ladies here, you can oh yeah uh, anybody identifying as female you can go ahead and click the 32nd thing um guys no dick pics no unsolicited dick pics let's just put a kibosh on that as a whole gender okay we're can not we, doing that anymore it's can we, over can we we're done
1: can we just go even broader just for safety and liability sake no dick pics to coworkers. Don't do it. Well,
0: yeah, absolutely. No, Just none to coworkers.
1: None, never unsolicited. Never, particularly
0: unsolicited. unsolicited. <laughs> if if you want spent if you want to send a dick pic, Spencer will draw you up a three page consent contract, and if she signs it, you can send one. But short of that. We're not sending them anymore.
1: I'm All a, right, guys? I'm going to warn you right now, dick pic contracts require both a notary and two witnesses. So it's a thing, guys. You really got to get invested in this. be
0: pretty embarrassing in front of that notary.
1: <laughs> I don't know about
0: you, but I've never met a notary that's not like a 45-year-old woman.
1: You also haven't seen the notary stamp for that particular contract. It is unique. <laughs> I'm just
0: going to say no more dick pics. So okay. what is going on here is Roman is sending unsolicited dick pics to Jerry over and over again. And she's very firm with him in this conversation. You need to stop doing that. Roman, I'm kind of offended. Okay. And then he says, I feel like you do want them, but you're being kind of typically minxy. So I do think that like part of the, the th- so this kind of goes back to what we we're talking about, right? Yeah. So part of the basis of their initial sexual encounter or whatever you want to call it was her playing a role. Mm-hmm. And I think that Roman has gotten completely befuddled in that. And he ca- he's not hearing no. Now, he's not hearing no in part because of how they started. But at this point, in my opinion, he's not hearing no because he doesn't want to hear no.
1: Yeah. She's le- saying it clearly. It's leaning much more towards that. I mean, it, Earlier on, you could say, oh, well, he's just hopeful and a little bit confused. Like, no, he's directly denying very clear evidence and statements that you sir are committing sexual harassment and this woman is trying to be as polite as possible for what could really be an issue going forward ah
0: it will be i think this happens when you are under pressure but you need to find some other outlet room but i think she's spot the fuck on when yeah. he ha- he's under pressure he acts out sexually we've seen it over and over again Roman so, blows off the psychoanalysis in a Spencer-esque way. If you ever try to psychoanalyze Spencer, you're going to get the same thing that Roman just did right then. Okay,
1: I'll talk to you later. All right, see you. Bye. All right, talk to you later. I, Those exact words. Yeah, pretty much right there. Right down the hallway. Yeah, just gone. <laughs> see you in six but months, gone. But
0: she's right in what she's saying. And I think that's part of why he gets like sort of like, ah, I got to go. Ah, I'm going to get out of this. Cut to the cocktail hour. Ugh, this is bougie uh roman greets caroline so peter uh to you spencer peter from the nevers lord massey yeah didn't put it together yeah it is yep that's lord massey from the nevers Anyway, Caroline says Roman is worried that she's... I love that she does this, right? She's like right in front of everybody. Like Roman has obviously talked to her about his concerns about Peter. He comes up. Peter is right there. And she goes, oh, Peter, Roman thinks that I'm throwing myself away by marrying
1: you. Like she just completely brings it up. Yeah. Yeah. Just throws you under the bus and then asks you to have a conversation afterwards. Appreciate it, mom. Thanks. Roman asks how business is.
0: I hear you are big in the old silvery gulags.
1: (laughs) yep
0: Peter says he likes to turn around nursing home like he's some sort of philanthropist like he's doing this for the good of the people you know like yeah, oh, look you know, I'm just trying to help here yeah
1: I look at the operations Jesus. I trim the fat which is a horrible thing to kind of ponder out for a nursing home but sure
0: yeah I don't know that lean and mean is the way I really want to run a nursing home um I'm not sure that that's what you need in that sector Caroline and Peter laugh and Peter walks away Caroline he is awful I can obviously see that so she doesn't even like him. I mean what? she this lady
1: why why is she here? what what she, she,
0: she explains it in just a second. she explains yeah. it. she says he brought all his own furniture. he's grasping little scholarship boy. So I guess he got a scholarship at some point and he told, told what about what
1: you he understand he's not posh his father's a doctor which was a fascinating conversation to unpack
0: roman take it easy mother that's my stepfather you're talking about she says he's forcing her to do the whole wedding thing but he's great fun look at him fizzing away over there like a bottle of cheap prosecco
1: what a line <laughs> great line great line such a 10, out of 10 line gonna use that one again Putting it in my pocket right now perfect description of a person right there i can just see that person i've seen him in real life and i just didn't know how to describe him fizzing away like a
0: Bottle of cheap Prosecco. Roman, very cheap. Roman then tries to get serious. But I'm I'm just gonna say, are you sure? The guy's got four kids. Caroline always got a lot more than that, so I don't know if that's real or not. Thanks, Mom, <laughs> reassured. Appreciate it. Roman then asked about the prenob and she says, Well that's not very romantic, is it? Caroline, what do you, what do you expect me to, did she get serious here? This yeah. is what they, you, you said, why is she doing this? I paused this and she's going to explain it here. This is what she says. What do you expect me to survive on macaroni and memorial services? So I think what she's trying to say here in a very Caroline upper crust British way is I'm fucking bored I'm and, lonely. I'm and I don't have much time left and I'm lonely. And this guy He's good fun. Look at him. Right. Look at him just sauntering around here in this party, having a grand old time. He entertains me, so I'm marrying him. That's right. the, it, It's no deeper than that. Because
1: what we picked up previously about her other, her other long-term squeeze, uh, Rory, I think was his name, something like that, was Rory, that yeah. he was safe and boring. And it seems like she wants to go with somebody that's exciting and just a certain edge of dangerous associated with him, at least as much as she can among a posh English crowd.
0: But it doesn't seem like that danger part is any part of the appeal right now, right? All
1: she ever does is just say, look at him. He's fun. Yeah. Like, I think that's just what well, she's looking for. She seems, to, she seems to be joke about the various things that one might deem a flaw about him. Like, oh, well, mom, he's got four kids. Oh, he's got way more than that, honey. She seems to find these amusing.
0: Well, when you ha- think when you have a certain amount of money, you start to think you're bulletproof to certain things. And She doesn't seem to find any real risk in this, at least doesn't seem to have been internalized. Cut to Shiv. Spencer, very honest question here for you. I actually, I only have one real honest question for you this episode. You ready for it? So early in the episode. Sure, yeah. Throw it yeah, out. I just true,
1: true serum. I just injected you with it. Spencer, how does Shiv look this episode? Dressed inappropriately for a wedding was my default reaction. <laughs> She was, she's, if I was Sarah Snook, I'd look at that and be well, like, what do you have me wear for she, this wedding?" She is spilling out of that thing, and I'm okay with this, but it doesn't seem like it's necessarily seen appropriate in what everybody else is wearing. It's the definition of hip-huggy. Like, yeah. it's unbelievable what
0: she's wearing for this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really laughing at it. Um, Shiv walks over to Roman, and Roman says, she says she can't live off macaroni and memorial services. So uh, he's,
1: uh, wait, wait, wait. I want to hear your posh accent say it. <laughs> She says she can't live off
0: macaroni and memorial services.
1: Well done, well done, very Harry Potter. Caroline, uh,
0: she she calls Caroline poor old Eleanor Rigby who wants to eat dick and drink champagne for the rest of her <laughs> life instead. There you go. I'm going to say this: Roman is absolutely inappropriate with his sister. Sometimes his sometimes Shiv says things, and I'm like, whoa! Like well,
1: Shiv says sexual whoa. shit. It's just not directed at an immediate family member in a way that like. Roman's sexual shit is I'm suggesting something sexual between the two of us. Ha, 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 ha. She's just making sexual jokes about other people, not grounding them in herself.
0: She, But she still says things where I'm like, wow, like that's really sexual. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of it not through the lens of like a gendered way, right? Like that's, oh, that's sexual for a sister. I'm trying to think like, just think about like as a sibling, period. Like let's try to take gender out of it. Is that like, sort of an over-the-top sort of blue locker room talk. And sometimes I think Shiv gets into it. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I can't believe that you just like show up that foul mouth to this thing. Like she's she's two sentences into this conversation and she's cut right to that.
1: You've said before that Shiv would have done great as one of the boys in the locker room in terms of just the fire she is willing to spit on command. And she shows it. She is constantly willing to just throw shit on people and smile as she does so.
0: Yeah, it's... She's something else, man. I, I I would really like to hang out with Shiv. Like, oh, it'd be, it I'd, would be entertaining. I don't.
1: Unless you were Tom. Yeah. If you were just a friend hanging out with her, great.
0: No, no, no I don't want to date her. No, 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 no. Uh, just clarifying. That sounds miserable, but I'd like to just, like, casually hang out with her from time to time and yeah. not rely on her for anything. Roman, Go dancing apparently, with her? uh Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> She's seems like a great dancer. Absolutely. Damn straight. <laughs> I'll get my own drink, though. I'll get my yeah. own drink, Schiff. Don't, Yeah, I don't need you to get me one. <laughs> Roman then says, apparently we're supposed to hate Peter because he brought his own furniture and got a scholarship. Roman's, uh, I'm going to tell you this about Roman. Very bad at the game of telephone. Like, don't have him talk to someone and then come back and report. It's yeah. all just nonsense. Uh, cut to Comfrey talking to Kendall about a podcast that he's been asked to sit down for. Mm. Um, they're doing some sort of serial series called The Curse of the Roys. And she brings up the kid who is acquitted, which obviously causes Kendall, who has the, I don't know, poker player face of a seven-year-old. Like, I mean, he just snaps. You, you can see everything written on his face. He immediately stops. He says, well, maybe we should keep tabs on that one. Calls him fucking bottom feeders and Comfrey asks if she can fuck off. And Kendall says, sure, you're off for the day.
1: It's interesting the other two they mentioned too, because Connor's mom, who we know vaguely was committed in some shape or form, we've heard about before, and, yes. ro- and Rose, his dad's sister, so those two we've heard about past traumas associated with that. So it's interesting, these guys have done their research. They're putting things together. So I'd be really curious to know. Hey, if they release this as extra content, I would listen to this pod that podcast at a Curse
0: of the Roys, yeah. yeah. It's almost like a lure, like like how they do like the little like Game of Thrones shorts or like with a wheel of time they're doing how, like how the great would that X-ray be? stuff. HBO, do that. Please do that. As, matter of fact, if you need podcasters to perform <laughs> it for you, <laughs> Happy to uh, do so. Holla at you boy. Uh so anyway, Comfrey then walks right up to Greg. Kisses him right on the cheek. Spencer, what'd you think of this move? I was so happy. It seems like she's actually in. She I, is She is in. She is in. I didn't see this coming. He's not.
1: She's more... <laughs> what, Greg? What are you doing? She's in in a way we thought that she was just trying to piss off Kendall about. But no, she actually seems like she wants to make this work. And no. you are seemingly put off by that. Nope, we're on other sides of this one, Spencer.
0: Nope, Greg's doing the exact right thing. She kissed him on the cheek and could not get through a second sentence without she's, looking at her phone again.
1: It's her job. She's pissing. She's
0: vapid. She, well, that that's a little harsh. Uh, okay. I'm trusting Greg in his interpretation why? of her vapidness. Why, why? why would why? you because, trust why? Greg? <laughs> because he, has, he is obviously wildly attracted to her. And if he's coming away with this criticism, it's got to be over the top. Keep Think him, about it. Keep, Think keep about him. it. When you, if you like a woman. And you 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 think she's attractive sexually. How much how bad does she have to be at something before you actually admit admit she's bad at it?
1: What is this? Day two? He has not he hasn't had time to do
0: that yet. He hasn't invested anything in doing that yet. He's going for from... I think he's I think he's noticed
1: it. I think he's right. I think he is jumped. I don't think it's
0: day two either. I think it's been maybe a little we don't know how long it's been, we, but I think it's we been don't. a little bit. It of time.
1: has not been long. And I think he's jumping way too quick, focusing on a, ne- a, a possible negative way too fast, and taking that as grounds to then go after an Italian comtessa. Good luck. Well, no, I think
0: it's been longer than we think, right? Because what went when did when Roman figured out his mom was getting married? Wasn't it like next month or something? He set a time frame for it in the last episode.
1: Yeah. But still, a month is not. So it's lost. been like two or three. Let's 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 conservatively
0: say two or three weeks. That's easily enough time to tell if somebody uh, is, uh, is uh, not uh, not there with gr- you mentally.
1: I'm Greg's there with you, Greg. Greg's being an idiot. Greg's being an nope.
0: idiot. Nope, he's being discerning. Um, <laughs> no, Greg walks over to Tom and Shiv, and they tell him he's punching above his weight. Which again, hate that, hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked about this last episode. If you're just joining us for the first time, I don't ever think anybody should consider themselves in or out of anybody else's weight class. I hate that type of thing. Okay.
1: Well, you're gonna Greg say, does too. You're gonna say that, and then we're gonna talk about the Italian girl that Greg goes and hits on. He's totally look, do it. Shoot your shot. Yep. Yeah. Right there with him. Look, I don't think anybody is too good
0: for anybody else. Greg then asks if there is, quote, any depth there to Comfrey. And Tom seems put off by the question, as does my co host, uh, my podcast yeah, co-host. I'm with you. Uh, oh my God! A man dying of thirst has suddenly become a mineral water critic? Does Comfrey not sate your lust for wisdom, Greg? That is, is so it, quick. Just, he is so quick. That's so good. That's is, a good it, line. It's a shame Sontag is not still alive, so you could take her to the drive thru You notice in this scene when he does, when he spits that off, which you correctly uh, uh, sussed out. It was very, very quick-witted. I don't think Shiv has ever in this series looked at him with more adoration than she does right then.
1: This scene right here, the two of them riffing off Greg, and it's in a way that's, it's putting him down, but Greg seems like he's in on the joke and laughing with him, so whatever. He starts to bail on it toward the end. They start to demean as they do. But in this moment, this is the most loving the two of them have ever looked as a couple in maybe a season and a half, two seasons.
0: Because I was trying to get the quote right, and I paused it, and I caught Sarah Snook's face back up at him, and it was like just glowing. honest
1: smile, like honest affectionate look at Tom in a way I don't even remember seeing.
0: Greg says, maybe I wonder when she gets to know the quote unquote real me, if she'll stick around. Shiv then says it could
1: be a great date ladder. See, that screams self-doubt here is what Greg's offering right now. That line right there, that doesn't say a discerning look. That's saying you are you are not comfortable in yourself and you're putting it on them.
0: Uh, no, I th- well, it could be. It very well could be. Um, I kind of took it as, because if he just said that that line in a vacuum, I would take it as that. But with everything else we get... I tend to think that, like, he's thinking, I'm going to want to talk to her. I'm going to want to get to know her. I'm going to want to talk about deep things or art or what what the fuck ever that he thinks she doesn't care about right now. <laughs> Greg? Sure. Yeah. May- why Maybe. Why do you think not? See, and this is another thing that bugs me is that Tom just assumes that Greg is a man dying of thirst. I don't think that like do we know that Greg does poorly with women? Do we we know do we we know he's not had a
1: girlfriend? Like This is the only data He seems to have a lot of friends. This is the only data point we have though. It's possible he's had game off camera, but on camera this is the only example we've seen. So it makes it certainly look like he's been a bit of a man in a wasteland for a while.
0: Yeah, but it seems to me that he's the only people with independent friends in this whole show. That's like fair. he's the only one That's that fair. ever actually has people around who are just like his buddies. Yeah, uh, so I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they do a lot. Of, they do sometimes. I think to Greg, what our friend PJ, who does the another podcast with me on uh, called as the wheel of time turns, does to you, <laughs> which is that is fair what BJ does to you is he creates a character of who you are and then gets disappointed when you don't live up to it. And like, that's kind of what they're doing for Greg. They just are creating this character of this bumbling guy who's never had a girlfriend once in his life. and has now like found himself with the high school prom queen. And it's like completely lucked into it. And Greg's like, wait a second. That's not really the narrative that I have for myself here, guys.
1: That is a more extreme scenario than I think is actually fact. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Anyway, then we see Roman walk over. They all groan. Uh, oh, no. Uh, Greg then, um, this is, yeah. So they talk about the date ladder game, which mm-hmm. we've all talked about this before. You know, you date someone.
1: You, you the go, David
0: Spade. You, if you <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well said. You can call it that. The David Spade. Um, and then Greg's like, well, who is that? And he points at someone and she was like, well, yeah, she's nice. Um, but she is royalty. Um, <laughs> is
1: she actually <laughs> a countess? Is she seems that way. Okay. Seems that way.
0: Then Roman walks over to her, and it's it's apparent that Roman has established some sort of relationship with her, or hit on her, or something during the course of this. Um not they all do anything wrote with that. it. Yeah. No. Of course. Whoa. There you go. Chev uh, then um, seems to want her to be blocked from him. Right. <laughs> like we need to get her away from him. Shiv then gets a ding on her phone. It's from Carolina, and it's a tweet of Madsen. Going to McCall feeling lucky. Ching, ching. With all gold pouring out of his mouth yeah. is the tweet. Um, this was very They all try to make sense of it. This is very
1: Go they're going very Elon Musk with this.
0: Yes, that's exactly who this character is. He's Elon yes. Musk. Uh they all try to make sense of it. Roman calls him uh actually calls him Hey Lucas, uh, are you high? I think you need to put down the Vinti ayahuasca big gulp. Uh, we need to be inside track here on these tweets, man, okay? Roman tries to brush aside Shiv and everyone's concern. You know, in comes Kendall. Is that Kendall Roy's music? Yeah. It just shows up Waters with in. the phone, pulls the phone up. Uh, hey, nice work, Rub. Madsen going nut-nut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like their main concern here is either, A, this is destabilizing or might inform regulatory authorities. B, it might also just drive the hell out of the hell up out of the share price. I
0: think that's that's a yeah twofold those answer. things, and I also I also think that this guy probably has a history of like doing exactly what Elon Musk does. Yes, weird tweeting that actually does affect like the price of some like equities. <laughs> Dogecoin, you know? yeah, like because so, I mean Elon Musk very clearly does this. Like he he does some tweets and some things that like affect the price of some assets. Yes. And it looks like maybe this guy has a history of that too so they're all really worried about it. Also, I think they're just genuinely worried he might just be fucking crazy which is Logan's primary concern.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Roman asks him where he's off to. Makes a drug joke because obligatory The family can't talk to Kendall without mentioning that he's a drug addict. Kendall, just our mother throwing us out of her party. Roman, oh, nice! <laughs> what a dick. Ken then notices he doesn't know where his kids are. Roman, what a surprise. Ken doesn't know where his kids are. Oh. Cut to Connor. Who says? Look, I might not ignite. Okay. I might not. I might not. No. Nope. You know, j- hey, Spencer. Just. I mean, I know. I know you thought this was a done deal, but I might not.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm here. I'm here for you, man. Come on. T- tell me a tonight. chance.
0: But if I don't, I need to protect this thing. Wyla thinks he's breaking it off. Interesting thing here about this is when she. Th- we had a brief moment of this when she thought he was breaking it off. What did she do, Spencer?
1: Uh, she. She, she panicked she panicked and started proposing counter scenarios to avoid doing so it's like oh what if we, we take it underground again that was fun right we enjoyed that this it's is good. what happens
0: when somebody's being broken up with who doesn't want to be broken up with the well, first I, thing they say is oh hell well, well wait a second I don't, I don't have to be so demanding look we can just take it easy we can they start doing the it's the it's the well, stages of grief right they start doing that like okay well let's let's start negotiating here I, she jumps into that which
1: tells me she does like this arrangement with connor well is she still being paid do we know whether she's still on hourly here we do not know she can't be on hourly because connor doesn't have that much money but she might be on retainer of some kind i'm expecting something it's hard to know what this current state of their relationship is but at least at present she's worried that it's not that it's not going to go anywhere based on what he's saying right now whatever it is she
0: doesn't want it to go away and i don't know if that's some, I don't know if it's Connor or the money or the lifestyle or the privilege, whatever it is. She doesn't want it to go away. She wants to meet fat like, popes. Yeah. Full fat popes. Who doesn't want to?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, she says, he finally says, no, actually I'm asking to marry you. Gets down on one knee. Oh God. Um, yeah. I mean, I just, you know, again, you know, I hate to be telling my gender what to do all the time, but like this sort of like public, I'm just going to ask you to marry me without any sort of like, like, like giving her a fair warning it just doesn't seem fair like it just seems an like unfair position to put your partner in
1: cannot recommend bad thing to do
0: yeah it doesn't seem good but anyway they they start talking through gritted teeth while they are smiling and if you're looking from the outside which they could do a good job of showing like a, a few shots away if you're looking from the outside it looks like they're both smiling and happy and she said yes in reality what happened is she through gritted teeth said well can I think about it and he said sure yeah so, high romance is what I would call this. And, high romance. And
1: yet somehow this is maybe... Jane Austen-esque. This is somehow maybe the third most awkward scene of this episode.
0: Oh, it's not. Nowhere near. It <laughs> might even not make the top five. Uh, cut to Jerry and she mentions that Gojo's price is... <claps> Spiky. He did it. Elon All must according it. to plan. Roman then says Madsen likes them. I can feel it in my gut. He likes us. Then they get another nutty tweet from Madsen, which apparently is a video game controller, an eggplant, and emoji fingers. Question to you, Spencer. Of the percent time that an eggplant emoji has been tweeted out in the history of the universe, how many percent do you think it's actually been about an eggplant? Under five? And that's probably even being generous? I think at this point, if you do send someone like a tweet or a, 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 let's say a text message, and you use an eggplant emoji and you actually meet it as an eggplant, you're going to confuse them because they're going to think now, it's
1: being Someone could literally ask you, hey, what kind of lasagna do you want? And you just send them an eggplant emoji and they're going to assume you're just talking and about And they're going to say,
0: hey, wait a second. I was listening to a podcast where they said you're not allowed to send these types of texts anymore. Okay, they said no more, <laughs> no more than dick pics, all right?
1: This is the effect of the eggplant emoji. It has no use anymore to talk about the food. Shift says, if they blow this deal, they could
0: become the Pan-American Waystar Blockbuster Video Game Dial-Up Corporation. I'm going to pause there. I'm going to ask you a question about the plot. And I'm actually going to, before I ask you the question, I'm going to give a little bit of my critique of the episode. And that is, this is a full throttle. This is full fat succession.
1: Yeah.
0: This episode. I'm worried that the plot is flimsy at best.
1: Are you coming with me, man? We talked about this.
0: I'm coming over to your side. I think the plot is becoming pretty flimsy because of things like this. Because it seems now, we are meant to believe that Waystar is just... Their imminent death is right around the corner. Like, where the hell did this come from? I understand that they have some legacy media stuff, but they also have parks. They've got cruises. They've got other assets. Why are we meant to believe the company is right around the corner from dying? Like, she's... And and, and the thing is, when she says this thing, nobody pushes back and other people talk about it, too. Even fucking Logan talks about how, you know, they might be they might be in trouble in five years if they don't do this deal. It seems like they're giving this sort of flowery background to Waystar's impending financial trouble to justify the drama of the gojo deal in the plot and it seems made up out of thin air because they did not give us any context for this before in my opinion
1: it seems like it's we're we're drawing from two things one we're drawing from real life and it's like they're almost operating under the well everyone understands that legacy media is under siege and all die and so it's like well we don't really need to lead into that too much we kind of vaguely talked about it in prior seasons with logan pondering what the future would be and everybody else just understand the situation they're in so we don't need to go into it more so it's a certain element of that and B, it seems like the show is getting increasingly okay with just kind of doing excuse plots just to give their actors an opportunity to do just well-written interactions with each other. And that the overarching plot doesn't matter as much just so long as we can set up scenarios for the characters to talk with each other. Pretty much.
0: Because it seems like, it almost seems like a show that has read its own reviews a little bit too much. Mm. And people have been like, I love when they're just in a room talking and I love when there's these dramatic scenes. So that's what they're driving toward. And then they just throw in this thing that like, oh, God, Waystar is about to go away. I thought they were the Fox News equivalent. Like, I thought ATN was the Fox News equivalent. It's it, Fox News legacy media. Yeah, but it's also like the most profitable thing on television right now. Like, it's not dead. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't it, it doesn't track with me.
1: I mean, if they're if they're pondering their 10 15 year plan it can make sense to you know do this kind of investment under 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 the reading of what the tea leaves are but the way they're describing it is like you know hey You're our dead ann- our annual review next year could be rough
0: yeah it just seems the immediacy immediacy of it seems a little bit too immediate mm. if that makes any sense uh then in comes logan and marcia i gotta tell you i've never seen better chemistry between two people oh is that what, is that is marcia.
1: that is that how you're
0: going to describe it chemistry is the word you need chemistry unbelievable physical chemistry they hold uh, each other's arms so well out. If Shiv points out Marsha and Roman, sometimes Shiv and Roman have some really funny interactions.
1: They're great with each other, yeah.
0: Because she says, oh, look at Marsha," And Roman just goes, he does not give a single solitary <laughs> fuck.
1: I love, I love the delivery <laughs> on that line. It was so great. <laughs> it really made
0: me laugh. Tom, maybe it's all fine. Maybe they just share a big bed together and they watch Friends together and drink milkshakes.
1: Hey, that sounds great. I'm dead. That doesn't
0: sound bad to me at yeah. all. Uh, and you hate Friends. That's well established. But I love
1: milkshakes, so I could still come in with this. And laying
0: in bed watching television. Who doesn't like that? Yeah. Caroline comes over to gossip about Logan. Um, Shiv, did you hear the story? Caroline, what? The skunk, the concubine, the porcupine? <laughs> Most British insult ever. Absolutely. It's probably the best wedding present I'll ever get, but so disgusting carolina asks if she's still fucking if he's still fucking Marsha. tom says no we think which prompts a look from shiv like you've been you've been keeping track of this is there, is there a pool i didn't know about you, you on the you want an email thread that i'm not on like what's going on here <laughs> caroline jokes that uh he might kill over if he tries gonna doubt that because i think he's actually getting it done in other other avenues mm. caroline says uh she has to go around telling everyone to be discreet so i guess She's making the joke that everyone's going to be ma- going to be making jokes about Logan and Marsha. And she's <laughs> oh, saying, did, I'm going to tell everybody to be discreet.
1: Did, did everyone see Logan's mistress? Oh, yes. We've agreed not to talk about it. So don't discuss Logan's mistress. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. To every yeah, single person
0: the, you, you see the woman next to him that we all know that you guys have been talking about? He's been fucking? Yeah, don't talk about that.
1: Absolutely don't. She then reminds Shiv about the awful thing later on. Oh, my, if my mother oh, knew, she'd roll over in a grave. Can we also comment on something? It seems Marsha is directly aware of the mistress thing and does not give a shit.
0: No. Mm-mm.
1: Their relationship has changed, or at least has established set terms now on the subject.
0: Well, I mean, it is... Carrie does pull him away from Marsha, and Marsha seems to not care. And as a matter of fact, they, they give the actress, like, physical posturing to, to show the audience that she doesn't care. Because she does the... Um, the universal look of, I don't give a fuck, which is chin up to the left. Yeah. Chin up to the left is I don't care. That's what, that's I'm what done. she's doing. <laughs> yep. That's, that's what we're getting from her. Um, so Caroline basically is saying this awful thing. It's her bachelorette party.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, she's she, They've been set up and Peter's having one too, which that's the one I want more information. <laughs> on. We didn't, we didn't get near enough information on that. hmm. Cut to Peter walking up to Logan and cringe, my friend. Oh, this is cringy. It's not
1: good. Um,
0: It's not good. Logan, Peter, who are you you doing? How are you doing? Uh, Staying ahead of the inland revenue for American scrubs like me. Inland revenue is the equivalent of the IRS in a lot of European countries. Logan says, uh, anything I can do, just let me know. I think he expected Peter to say, thanks, Logan, and then move Appreciate right it. on.
1: Nope. But he Pe- did not. Peter has a list.
0: Yeah, he basically says, I want to know
1: your contacts in UK government.
0: Why, Spencer?
1: <laughs> he wants
0: to give back.
1: That that That's what he says. I think Logan's read on the situation is probably more accurate. <laughs> yeah, so Carrie saves him from the conversation.
0: Roman comes over and asks what Peter wanted. Logan, quote, he wants me to get the dipshits in Downing Street to make him Lord fucking seat sniffer of pantyhose.
1: Well said. I think that's an official position in the UK, right? <laughs> Groom of the stool well, and that's that. Not
0: an, that's not an official position. Too many people fill that role. in UK Oh, government. damn. It's not, not just one. Um, Logan then asked him about the tweet. I'm not used to negotiating
1: via eggplant. <laughs> one of the funniest lines in the episode. I love that line and that delivery. <laughs> it's really So deadpan. Funny.
0: It's always interesting to me, you know, Logan just sort of... He is a main character, but we don't get, like, I'll, I'll equate this to, like, fantasy novels. Like, you don't get a lot of POV, right, Right, Logan. yeah, yeah. But he's there. And so you never really know how much of the technology or the text speak or whatever does he understand. And in this episode, it seems like he understands a little bit more than maybe I would have anticipated. Mm-hmm. Like, he understands hey, the crazy text. He back. understands the eggplant joke. He understand like, when, when Roman says dick pic, he's like... He gives him a look like he's 100 years old. He's like, we
1: fucking probably invented the term. Yes, I know what that means, you idiot. Like, I, we, we discussed this. You bang 30-year-olds, you gain a certain degree of youthful understanding in the modern world. It's it, it's a win-win. You probably
0: run into people in your profession that stay relevant that way. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no more said on that. Ken then comes over. Roman tries to block him, but Ken keeps pushing. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. yep, 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 You have broken our deal, I think is something that, that Roman says. He does, yeah. Uh, Ken finally says look I want to talk to you pal I want to talk to you uh, basically what the impression I got from Ken was he's just sick of being sidelined because Logan won't talk to him and he thinks it's stupid and he just wants to have a conversation
1: it is stupid they should just have a conversation
0: Logan then says we'll get back to him <laughs> Roman we'll get back to you Ken fuck you Roman Ah." Roman then says, um, Logan then asks Roman if he should go. So in this interaction, I think what we get is that Logan is really confiding and talking to Roman a lot oh, more yeah. lately. R- Roman's number um, one
1: son right now.
0: He's number one son right now. Nothing could possibly happen in this episode to disrupt that. Absolutely not. Roman says, Look, you should go, but you might want to wear a stab vest. Uh, Roman then hey. goes over the line. Then he always does. He goes over the line and he says, You want me to go with you? And Logan, Fuck Stop. off! I'm not scared. But Logan he does agree. some rooms to talk to Madsen. Yeah, he does agree to go. Cut to more traveling. All the women, apparently, um, are getting out and going into the city. This is the bachelorette party. Does I, I, not look like a load of fun.
1: Have you been to Italy before, by the way? No. If you go at some point, wandering around mountainous Italy is a hell of a good experience. Just wandering the streets. It is a lot of fun. Does not look like these people are having much fun doing so, though.
0: Yeah, it looks like they're... This looks like Rome, maybe?
1: I can't really tell where they are. They're some, I mean, they were at some villa previously, but they've gone to a town nearby. I can't tell how big of a one it is.
0: Yeah, but it, it I don't know. Some of the images I've seen in Rome, it's very similar. Um, well, where they filmed it
1: may not be where they're actually supposed to be setting it. That could be a different criteria too. Right.
0: As they're walking, we see a lot of guys looking at Shiv and Wyla. Can't understand why. Nah. Uh, they walk up to a restaurant, cut tonight, and Shiv walks up to Caroline, and this is a very fucking uncomfortable scene
1: i will say also very accurate italian guys give two shits about hitting on women in the streets doesn't matter if they're walking with a guy in arm they will still hit on her as they're going by it's impressive yeah yeah well yeah yeah impressive is the word i went with it's also other things too
0: yeah also also ready to get socked in the mouth um Uh, So then Caroline says to Shiv, what do you think of Peter's daughters? They're both in interior design. They are unemployed. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. man, the Mm -hmm. elitist sort of nature. Um, Shiv, they offered to take photos, and I think they exported my address book. Pretty sure they didn't do that. Caroline is taken aback by this, but uh, Shiv then brings up the prenup. Shiv then says, look, if you're not going to get a prenup, at least get a good lawyer. Caroline says, they're having to open back up the divorce agreement with Logan because Peter likes some particular
1: property. Because mm-hmm. um, he doesn't have one of his own because he lost it in a salmon smoking business bad luck.
0: Yeah, anytime, anytime we have friends with with uh, with financial pro- problems, Spencer, can we just start calling it losing, losing money in the salmon smoking business?
1: I'm down. This is the new expression now. I think it's pretty good.
0: <laughs> Caroline uh, then says he's got a good heart. Shiv, well... Opposites attract. Oh, there's the first one. Ah! And oh. let's get her ready to rumble. Uh,
1: the first fi- first punch landed of round one. And there was no joking in that. That was, I have an opportunity to cut you right now, and I'm taking it. Caroline asked, can we just
0: enjoy a cigarette and not do any sniping for a bit? Or have you come to get some attention? Boom! A <laughs> counter punch! Oh. Didn't see that coming. And she, it looked she, like her hands she were She hit up. it in there. Hit it in there. Looked look like she was in full block mode, but she got the counter jab going. Caroline admits she was a spotty mother. And Shiv says, well, you weren't really like a spotty mother. You just you just weren't there. Like, you just, you weren't around. Then they go into the kids and Caroline, a little bit of the history, uh, apparently, about um, Caroline did give Logan custody of the kids so that they could keep the, her. And her inspiration yeah, is so that they could keep their shares. She was protecting their future financial interest,
1: you see. Spencer, do you buy that? I don't think, Caroline doesn't really seem inclined to lie. She seems like she tells the truth. It's just in a self-serving way. So I don't think she's wrong. I think it is definitely from her point of view, though. So she, I,
0: yeah, she tells the truth like the the main character Wheel of Time tells the truth, which is like you have to tell the truth, but you can be misleading if you want to. Right. That's what I th- that's what I got it, from that, right? Because it was like. I think she's telling the truth that part of her decision making was like, well, it's smart for them to go with Logan because Logan will give them shares of the company, et cetera, et cetera, right? That is important. That's probably... But I
1: also think she didn't want the kids. I, I, I think that's the issue. I think she's literally correct that, yeah, this was protecting the future fund I think she's also not lying when she says Shiv chose this,
0: but... I'll have the carbonara and daddy, please.
1: <laughs> I think she's leaving out the idea that she didn't really want them and two, she's not focusing enough on the fact that Shiv was... 10 and or 13 at the time and caroline then goes into
0: self-pity and says i don't think i've ever won a single battle in my whole life sure Mm -hmm. shiv does not seem to feel sorry for her does not go down the self-pity road at all shiv i was 10 mom i was a fucking kid caroline you were 13 and you knew how to twist the knife you knew then and you know now and i might cry shiv oh yeah where's the onion caroline you were quite a piece of work you were my onion you are my onion.
1: Shiv, that, that's a powerful line, and Shiv can basically just only throw it back in her face, just like, "Well, you're yeah, that, you're my onion too."
0: I didn't even write that it was so that was so weak. I didn't even write it down. Um, Caroline, truth Heck. is, I I probably should have never had children. Oh, oh, right in the gut. You made the right decision. Some uh, people just aren't made to be mothers. Oh dear You Should Christ. have had dogs. Shiv, well, you could have had dogs. Caroline, not with your father. Potential line ooh, of the episode. Ooh, he yeah, never saw anything he loved that he didn't want
1: to kick it just to see if it would still come back. Was there a greater truism ever Whoa. offered in terms of describing Logan? Jesus Whoa. Christ. Character summarized in a
0: sentence. Did you? Did we expect the best summary of Logan to come out of this fucking
1: conversation? Uh, again, this is the thing about Caroline. Is it's, it's Caroline... Whatever. Collingwood. It's she is what she's remarkably perceptive her own way she's just self-absorbed and doesn't give a shit
0: i think she's a hundred percent right about logan and i got massive kindle history vibes in that converse in that comment
1: oh kindle is a kick puppy
0: kick it just to see if it'll come back and she's like i'm not having puppies around that fucking guy he's just gonna kick the dogs
1: I, i think she literally means it and we've, seen, um, we've seen that with his relationship with all of his kids over the course of the last three seasons it is what he runs on
0: you asked me to score the fight um, yes, if the plus. fight if the purpose of the fight is to insult and hurt the other person I'm gonna go Caroline 10 Shiv 9 it's a 10-9 it's a round Caroline wins the round and it, she wins because of the the haymaker get, get, that gets landed in the end which is I should have never had kids
1: get, and and you are making the right call you wouldn't be a good mother either throw that on there too with that combined line is shiv on the mat is she even standing at the end of this fight uh
0: i think it's one of those where you know the the, the flurry of punches and then the the, 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 it, it, the the bell rings and the fighter falls back into their corner i, right. I don't think shiv was ready. i don't think she'd have had another insult ready to go i think she was she was toast for that round
1: based on how she acts in the next scene she still is at least a little bit concussed because she is still fighting even though the fight's over
0: Cut to Jerry coming up to Roman. She tells him that Logan called Madsen and, shocker, Madsen won't take his calls. Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, we know that. He probably won't do that because Madsen said he doesn't even want to deal with Logan. He hates Logan. Matter of fact, uh, when's that guy dying? (laughs) Yeah, that was the question. (laughs) Roman, Madsen hates the phone. That's nothing. I told dad that. Well, a lot of young people don't like the phone. That's true. Um, Roman says he heard from Madsen and all is good. Jerry, well, your dad thinks Madsen's trying to humiliate Roman yeah, seems convinced yeah, that Madsen yeah. isn't doing that he's not doing that
1: no no he is I, trust he, me it, he could be doing me. something else at the same time but he's also doing that he's certainly doing that Roman
0: tells Jerry she's panicking and she interrupts she's interrupting a very good night he's palling around with Lori. I might try to fuck him see how that fits into our disgusting <laughs> mess
1: Jesus Christ. pretty
0: funny Jerry matter-of-factly do not try to fuck Lori. What do I, you think about going to see Matson?
1: I love that line from, from from Jerry. It's just that, no, no, no. He actually will try to fuck Lori. Do not fuck Lori. We're not joking right now. Don't fuck my boy. She
0: just, she just very, very like. It's like she's got a table of contents of things to discuss in the yeah. conversation. Step and one. And that got thrown in. So now it's like, don't do fuck, not try Lori. To fuck Lori. Okay. on. To, what move, do you think about going to see Mattson? Moving on to point number two on the itinerary. <laughs> Jerry uh, says Logan needs reassurance before the banker meeting. Roman, heat check situation,
1: mm-hmm. feeling
0: himself yep, real hard on himself right now. Ego sky high. So you want me to save the deal? Why don't you say so? Save the deal. Fuck Lori, Lead the company in the promised land. Fuck Jerry. Notice when he says fuck Jerry, she turns around and looks at him like, what's wrong with you?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be a great week. Uh, I mean, it is important that he is being called upon to make this deal happen. That is a lot of it. That is a hell of an endorsement by both Jerry and Logan when it comes to him and his abilities they're relying on him to make this work so all that's great his inability to accept where jerry is and isn't is getting <laughs> it was never good it's getting even worse by the minute it's really uncomfortable right now yeah
0: cuts to kendall's place he's got people cooking and logan walks up but he's got carrie in tow mm-hmm. or his shadow for this season carrie she's never she doesn't leave aside kendall's like hey this was supposed to be private
1: logan i'm across a lot of shit and she's monitoring yeah it's carrie and colin they are always with me i'm not going somewhere without the two well, of them. colin was the driver right uh, we don't even know that we don't necessarily because notably the car hawks the moment logan says we're leaving and i think colin's still there with him so it may just be colin is just the bodyguard kendall
0: accepts that kendall sends carrie and the driver off uh kendall mentions that logan was asking all about the menu menu um you think I'm going to Jim Jones you with an olive? That's pretty funny. Yeah. Jim Jones. Uh, wasn't he the guy who made him drink the Tang
1: or whatever? Uh, yeah, it was di- it was discount Kool-Aid at Jonestown in northern South America. It was not, not a great moment. a lot hundreds no, of, a lot of hun- people died. Hundreds of really U.S. Horrific. citizens died.
0: Yeah, horrific. Uh, Logan mentions his people have brought food. And Kendall says, look, I checked with your folks, got the requirements. I got my guy to make you something. As they sit down, Logan mentions how busy it is. he is, Kendall, as ever, Logan explains that Gojo's price is spiking and your pal Madsen has got a screw loose I agree with mm, that he does mm-hmm. Kendall then says he wants to talk to a Logan look I don't want to get into all right now because it's all bullshit right because mm-hmm. if it's all bullshit I'll just leave can we just be civil and not put our guts out all over the table I he's don't. he's really think... setting the tone
1: yeah he's setting the tone and uh, I think Kendall can be I think we see that I don't think Logan has it in him to be civil in this kind yeah. of moment with this kind of person it is really funny
0: that he's like, can we just be civil? And then he proceeds to be astonishingly rude through the conversation. The oh. chef brings the food and Kendall corrects him to tell him which one is Logan's. The, Very the, funny thing here. Because yeah. here's what happens. Here's my read on it. I want, I want to hear your, your thoughts. Yeah. My read is that Kendall wants to make sure his dad gets the food that fits with his diet. And he sees the chef make a mistake and he corrects it to ensure that his dad gets the right food. I, logan thinks he's being fucking poisoned
1: logan certainly thinks he's being poisoned i wasn't sure whether this was kendall being conscientious or kendall just trying to do a little joke to lighten the mood either way it does not work
0: yeah i think he was i think he was saying i don't know but it, i took it as like oh well hold on that one's that one's for dad because he has this special food thing mm-hmm. but even if he's making a joke
1: that what happens next is unbelievable we we pondered before what lines still existed on this show. I had thought this line was still there. Nope. Gone. The kids, crossed. These kids were always a line. And he what? says he... Go ahead. Yeah, because pre- previously what like the moment of never you can do this again was specifically when Logan hit Iverson. Remember that back in like season one? Like smacked yes. him with a can of peas or something? That was a, a line that could not be crossed. And everybody accepted it. But now...
0: Logan looks at his food. Skeptical, I would say. Mm-hmm. Where are the kids? I'd like to say hello. Kendall's like, sure. So he calls Iverson, specifically Iverson, the one kid he hit. Huh.
1: Uh, no, no, notice that the kids are doing the whole Game of Thrones thing of they're significantly, old, they look significantly older than the last time we saw them just due to production. Yeah, they delays. really do.
0: He looks like he's, he's gained, like a, grown like a foot and a half. Yeah. Uh, and he proceeds to sort of force Iverson to eat the food. He says, do you like mozzarella? And Iverson says, no. And he says, okay, we'll eat this
1: anyway. <laughs> and I'm just like looking at his dad. It's like, do I do, do I it? Okay. So he eats it.
0: And he says, yeah, okay. It's okay. <laughs> Logan, off you go. Carrie's got something in there for you, I think. Kendall looks at him as astonished as we all are. On There's multiple ways. Ah! It's astonishing that he thinks Kendall's trying to poison him. Yeah. But it's even more fascinating that if... If he thinks Kendall might be trying to poison him, his answer to this is to force Kendall's
1: own kid to eat it. Can you think of a more effective power play, by the way? I mean, just, no. I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have even occurred to me. Wouldn't have even crossed my mind to do that level of evil power play. But Logan, no effort at all summons that to the situation.
0: But fundamentally what he's saying here is your kid is important is about important enough to be my food tester yeah well, that's about how important yeah. iverson is in this whole thing just keep track of that as we go forward
1: to this conversation
0: kendall who do you think i am you think i want you dead i'll be broken when you die so i think that's true i think it's true but i also think the fact that he says i'll be broken when you die is kendall in his low mode yeah kendall that, two, that word two episodes ago would not have said that last line he might have said who do you think i am mm-hmm. you think i want you dead i don't want you dead but that I'll be broken when you when you die. Yeah. He's in his feelings right now. Very good call. Um. All right. So we've we've seen some shitty things from characters. Logan asking getting Iverson to eat the food that he thinks might be poisoned. I mean, it's a it's a A minus on the shitty scale. I mean, it, it's really high, right?
1: I mean, it's got to be top three for the whole fucking show. Maybe. I don't want
0: to let the moment go because it's a fucking grimy yeah. move.
1: I mean, it's so grimy. It's also so casual. I mean, some of the bad moments before, they've been built up. It's obvious that they're just glorying and being a dick. This one is just so offhand. It's just like, oh, I don't trust the food. Grandson, please come. Let's see if this is arsenic.
0: Yeah, and instead of acknowledging what a grimy thing he just did, instead he twists it and goes, how's Iverson doing? Is he getting better?
1: (laughs) Kendall's like, he's
0: fine. He's fine. Uh, that doesn't that didn't seem to me like somebody who's who's questioning out of the goodness of their heart it's it's shining a light on the fact he had that, something wrong with him that, to begin with
1: that was another poke that, he's, he's not stopping the poking
0: yep kendall says he's fine kendall says look uh i want out i think i thought i was a knight on horseback logan potential line of the episode oh yeah life's not knights on horseback it's a number on a piece of paper it's a fight for a knife in the mud
1: that's a hell of a line right there, and it really just embody what Logan's philosophy to every one of these dealings and interactions other characters is. You this might as well put how him. he sees the world. Yep.
0: That might as well be like the name of his fucking autobiography. You yeah, know, it's a life is a knife for a, a life is a fight for a knife in the mud because that is how he views everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Kendall says he doesn't really know where his life is going from here, but he can't do jack shit. So here he oh. is. He wants a premium payout and a chunky asset, something Logan do without shareholder approval, outdoor advertising, podcasting, something. He wants to keep the... Right, Jess, and he's gone. Quote, I'm a ghost, divested, off the board, complete disinheritance, won't even speak at your memorial. We're done. Logan says, how do you think about
1: it? Yeah, let's unpack this, because I've told you before, part of the reason I couldn't be in Kendall's camp this season was just the manic self-delusion and self-aggrandizement constantly throughout everything he was doing throughout the entire season. It was cover for all kinds of deep-seated issues that weren't being addressed and all kinds of the psychological problems that we could try to diagnose, but... As depressive as this Kindle is, this is an honest read on his character that we haven't gotten in a long time, and it's coming from himself. When he says, I can't do shit, I can't do jack shit, that is a remarkably honest moment that I think we can only really get out of Kindle on this show.
0: Well, he can do things, right? That's also not fair, because, well, I mean, he, we've seen him do really good work when he was locked in for Waystar. It's, uh, better, he, his ceiling is higher than the other kids from what we've seen when he's actually sitting down doing work. I mean, remember when he said with the Volter deal, when he actually sat down and like went through the books yeah. and figured out that they were fucking with him on the numbers? Mm-hmm. Like that's something Shiv and Roman
1: could not do. But it's one of those things of where he doesn't view it as in terms of those individual accomplishments. He doesn't look at the pieces. He looks at the whole board. And from his perspective, he can't put together the whole board. He can't complete the puzzle and that right. is his measure of success. That is, I
0: believe he believes he said when he's saying it. I believe he believes yes. it, but I just don't think it's true. And that's why I would I would I would counter Kendall and I'd say, like, "Well, you can do things, Kendall. Like you're you're being a little unfair to yourself here." Mm-hmm. But he's in a depressive state obviously, so he's looking at the worst side of everything. Now, but here is the thing that makes me fucking insane about Kendall is that like I we've talked, you know, we've talked about like you you we've kind of painted this whole season of coverage around like you kind of being on Logan's side, being on Kendall's side, but the fundamental, like we were fundamentally talking past each other because you were, you, what you were saying is Kendall can't do this. And what I was saying is I can't root for Logan. Not that Kendall can or can't do it. But <laughs> that I can't root for we, Logan. So we're kind of talking past each other with the right. whole like tension. We tension pretty much are Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, but, but that's, how, you know, whatever we're, we're toward the end now. So we can kind of, you peel the onion, as it were. Yeah. But, but the thing that kills me here is that does Kendall he's does he really think that to way the way to get Logan to wrap this all up to do what he wants to grant his wishes is to show his soft underbelly? No. Like. That is the worst possible move Kindle could have done to try to get Logan to do a single fucking thing for him. I am not remotely surprised that Logan said, no, I'm fuck you. I'm not I'll think about it. Maybe I won't do it We've because Kindle is leading with weakness. You never lead with weakness with someone like Logan. it's a it's the dumbest move, and it's just astonishing to me that he does it. I don't know where I mean i I know he's depressed, but you- like, He's, he has to know
1: you can't lead with weakness with his father. He's seen it before. We've seen it before in terms of their own interactions with each other. The moment you share the moment of weakness, Logan's default reaction is to exploit it and try to get more out of you. We, as we just heard from his, from his ex-wife, he will kick you just to see if you come back. That's what he, that's what he runs on. Even if he I says don't... he loves you, even if he does love you, that's how he acts with people.
0: Dad, I want the buyout because I've lost... That, that he doesn't give buyouts to people who've lost. No, he doesn't have to. He pay gives buyouts you. to people he has to give buyouts to, and he was willing to give a buyout to Kendall when he thought that he was a formidable opponent. But this yeah. whole like, oh dad, I'm I'm a complete piece of shit. Can you please give me two billion dollars? Of course no, he's not. No, to it. I don't need to anymore. Yeah. Plus, um, I don't actually want you to go away. That was a strategy. Kendall then says, "Wait, you offered Logan? Ah, it was for fun. Logan, maybe I want you close. You can do the mm-hmm. mail." keep you rattling around kindle says look we tried that we actually did try that and i can't i thought i could change things but there are things that you're able to do that i can't maybe mm. logan just looks at him and says maybe <laughs> what a what a tension! Whoa, my god Yeah, what a moment C- cut it with ah. a knife <laughs> kindle says look you you've won because you're corrupt and so is the world Kendall, I'm better than you. You're, you're. You, you, I hate to say this because I love you, but you're kind of evil. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. He is. Yeah, no, Logan I, I, is definitely evil.
1: Not kind of. You can debate pragmatic evil as much as you want, but the man's evil. Logan tells him,
0: "Do not talk about things you don't understand." Kendall, Well, you're smart, but what you've done is what you've 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 monetized all the fucking the, the American resentments of class and race. And I thought I was just telling folks the weather. Now this is obviously.
1: This is it, on the nose commentary right here.
0: Yeah, they're talking about Fox News here.
1: Not, not just Fox. Rupert, they're talking about conser- They're talking about a certain element of media in general. Rupert Murdoch, what Rupert Murdoch has done. Yeah, sure. Um,
0: yeah, and it, it, it monetizing the resentments of class and race of one side of the political spectrum. And this hokey, I thought I was just telling folks the weather is something that Rupert Murdoch has done many times. Yes, so yes. they're pulling right from that playbook, Kindle. Cuts right through it. You turn black bile into silver dollars, Logan. Oh, you just noticed, did you? Which also—that's a fair fucking point.
1: That's a fair point. I mean, that's the hypocrisy of all of them. It's like you're criticizing me, and yet you're taking my money. You are. Well, yeah, your part whole of this.
0: life you've lived as upper crust, and you, now you've noticed. Now you want to tell me how bad I am? Right. Like obviously you're not telling me how bad I am because of what I've done with ATN. You're telling me because we've had this big blow up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's it's it, this is part of our battle. You don't you don't you obviously don't care about ATN Logan, oh fuck off. Kindleston says, look, I don't give a fuck. It takes a drink. Logan, not everyone can live this life. I'm a great revolutionary. A bit of spice, a bit of fun, a bit of truth. Kendall, take issue with truth, Logan. I
1: fucking know things about the world, or I wouldn't turn a buck. Fair. Not
0: necessarily nice things.
1: Yeah. All this is true. It's just—it's for a dark purpose.
0: Kendall then says, "I don't want to be you. I'm a good guy." Logan looks at him. Beat, beat. How long was that kid alive before he started sucking in? Water?
1: Oh, Jesus Christ, Logan! We were
0: waiting to see this whole season. Was he ever? Because you remember what Kendall did at the end of season two—that healed her out in public saying, my dad's the bad guy. My dad's the one that did this. We all thought he couldn't do it because of the leverage of the Chappaquiddick incident. And Logan, early on in season three, said, look, I can't talk about that because I helped cover it up. Yeah. Publicly. But now he's playing the card privately with him. And it seems to really hit Kendall hard. (laughs) Kendall then just goes right back to, I'm better than you, Logan. Sure. You're my son. I did my best. And whenever you fucked up, I cleaned up your shit. And I'm a bad person. Fuck off, kiddo. Good night, Spencer. Two score. questions for you.
1: Yeah. First, score that fight. Cause we talked about we talked about Shiv and her mom, Kendall and his dad. Kendall. If his the dad. point,
0: if the point is to hit and hurt the other person, which yes. is the way I graded the other fight, yes. it's Logan ten, Kendall eight. It's like it's a it's a, yeah. it's a
1: lopsided affair. Yeah. But your question, sir.
0: What? Isn't this the case of two people thinking that they're arguing while they're both saying true things? Yeah no one they no think one. they're arguing but everything
1: they're saying is true like, Every, they're just they, <laughs> everything's they, okay they're hitting past each other and Kendall's not even trying to hit he just wants out he doesn't understand wh- what benefit is it to you to keep me on the string at all times I just want to be done but he just he, it is still surprising how little the kids understand about their dad
0: he was never going to let you go Give you a payout of premium money, which you're asking for, with with you showing weakness. And also, we know that he's considering this Gojo deal, and we know that that might dilute the family shares. So we know that the, quote, payout to Kendall, if he just waits like six months, will probably be half that or whatever. Yeah. So he might be thinking in his own financial interest here as well. Because he's, you know, we established before that he he and Roman were basically just going to pay for the the shares. Yeah,
1: two two billion out of pocket kind of share. And if you dilute
0: his shares and then you give him a payout, well, it's just less money I have to pay. So that might be a bit of strategy here. Two, starting to get into the starting to get into the cliffhanger here. Is this the last thing Kendall uh, Logan ever says to Kendall? And if it is, is it apropos?
1: I don't think it's the last thing that Logan says to Kendall. I think people are overemphasizing or misinterpreting the last scene that we see in this episode. We'll talk
0: about that. We'll talk about that.
1: But, is it apropos? Good God, yes. If this was the send-off line, it would be the perfect send-off to their relationship and what it has been.
0: You're my son. I did my best. Whenever you fucked up, I cleaned up your shit and I'm the bad person. Fuck off, kiddo. Good night. That would be a pretty good last bit of dialogue from those two characters anything on that i mean this is obviously a big this is a crescendo scene I mean, for the season what are your
1: thoughts i mean they're both wonderful actors the two of them working together in moments like this is part of the reason i've been disappointed that they've been kind of estranged just because good god are they great working off each other it is there are a lot of really powerful scenes this episode this may be the top in terms in, ter- in terms of what we get what we see and where it goes
0: it's something else. Um, uh, yeah, I, it's it's a big culminating scene, and it, like every scene with Logan and Kendall, it seems that Kendall is not quite ready for it, and Logan just runs over him. And it's, it's frustrating to watch um, that he just doesn't ever learn the lesson. He never learns the lesson.
1: The nature, the show loves to go into the cyclical nature of how these people interact with the world. That they don't learn their lessons and they just have to keep on going through the pain of them over and over and over again. It's Sisyphean, the life these people leave. And I'll I mean,
0: give Shiv credit. Sh- Logan would never have been able to run over Shiv the same way in this conversation be why? because we've seen it before Shiv at least would have stopped and been like hey fuck you like she has that gear mm-hmm. now we, we have the added difficult they added sort of like a tension of uh, like Kendall's in a, in a depressive state here but it does seem that every time they get into this dialogue when Logan runs over Kendall he just eats it yeah and and we know that
1: shiv wouldn't do that like at at a
0: bare minimum she would at least say hey look fuck you like uh, and i think there would i think kendall needed a little bit of fuck you in this conversation
1: he needed a little bit the problem part of the problem is the only interactions they seem to have is when kendall or in his most or or kendall's in his most depressive states so it's never kendall at his most punchy or best cut to shiv
0: coming in the room to see tom she says her night was bad talks about the bachelor party um tom talks about the bachelor party Here's his summary. Roman implied Peter might have killed his first wife, and then he tried to goad Peter into... Uh, goad Laurie. Goad, goad Lori into talking indelicately about Jerry. Well, we knew that last part We got to
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: He was going to peel in, yeah, try to figure out some of the, uh, the sex life between those two. We knew that was going to happen. Shiv gives him a big kiss and says, let's have a baby. I'm going to fucking fight, Tom. So she's, a, she's in front. She's got her boxing gloves on. She's in front of the mirror. She's talking herself up. She's saying, look... It's not going to be given to me. I, th- I used to think, it basically, I used to think that it was dad was going to give it to me. He's not going to give it to me. I have to take it. I have to beat them all. And I can
1: do that because I'm smarter than them. This is Shiv basically shouting to the, the night. I will not be my mother. Because, man, did that conversation rattle her that she just had. Yep. She comes back. She wants to have a
0: kid. And by God, she's going to be successful. She's going to get wins. She's mm-hmm. not going to be sitting there at 65 saying, I've never had a win in my life
1: damn straight now let's see how that plays out right here right now shall we
0: yeah tom's with her hey he's with her but you know w- w- you that plan you had there that you just said about burning yeah, down uh, ATN, what about what about, uh, me? A minute. what about me oh yeah well ex- yeah sure except for you she then says she was gonna blow up roman and then when that happens she'll be the only candidate left Shivin then proposes a bit of playtime and it's trouble
1: yeah uh I can't recommend their particular form of role play that they quickly get into because Dear Christ. So here's, here's what I've discovered about Shiv.
0: Yeah, please. You wouldn't expect it, but she wants to be a she wants to be a, uh, she wants to be dom she wants to be with a dom in bed. Like she seems to want to be like her go to is like do something to me. Come on, do yep. something to me. And Tom's go-to is, do something to me. Do something to me. Yeah, so they don't square. standing in a ring saying, punch me. Like, do you need,
1: nobody has gloves on. One like, of you needs to be a switch right now. Come on, you can make this work.
0: Like, neither one of them want to fill that Dom role in, in this weird, like, thing, sexual thing that they're doing. So it's super uncomfortable. And it seems uncomfortable for them because neither one of them know what to do. And what does Shiv do? The worst possible thing she can do. Because she goes to a extremely she goes too real. Too real, extremely real place, and says this: "You're not good enough for me. No, I'm way out of your fucking league. That's why you want me. That's why you love me, even though I don't love you. But you want me anyway."
1: Yeah, and, and Tom's horny enough; he's willing to go along with the scenario. But you can see in his face, he's like, "Ooh, we're gonna unpack that one later." That was.
0: I mean that she just basically. To mean. Pull, she pulled out like from from the from the dungeon like the innate fundamental original sin of their relationship and just shone a light on it.
1: Yeah, like the, the, it's unbelievable. Is, Tom, Tom needs a to safe word in this role play because he's out now. He's Like nope, nope, mood's dead. He didn't what? seem too out. He went. He went in.
0: He, yeah, he did finish the job. It seems.
1: Yeah, he finished the job, but he's still talking about
0: it the next day yeah cuts the next morning Connor walks up to Wiley says hello and ask her if she slept well yeah lots of sleep looks like she's hung over from the bachelor party Bachelor mm-hmm. party uh and he looks like he woke her up and asked her to come to breakfast uh Connor's asking her what she's thinking and she says still thinking big decision real life decision thinking away Connor this much thinking can start to get unromantic just saying do you think she's gonna say yeah
1: yes I do I think so for Not pure I think for purely monetary reasons
0: yeah, it seems like she's doing the calculation. Uh, cut to my guy, Greg.
1: Going up to the Duchess. <laughs> Sc- I love Greg. Yeah? I love him. Yeah, score this interaction, please. How would we grade... you? You, you did. You, we talked before about how well he did with Comfrey. Is that her name? Uh, was like Comfrey, her name. yeah. Comfrey. Right, yeah. How well he did in the last conversation with Comfrey. I think it's fair to say this one doesn't land quite as well. Well, here's the thing yeah
0: it's a little hard i'm trying to think of an example of friends that we have i don't think i have one it's trying to it's kind of hard to, g- to grade his interactions on an individual interactive basis right because it's there's true. a whole shtick to greg it's true and yes he's going to have instances where he looks like he's fumbling and sort of bumbling about it's but in it's reality he is in his charm he's, be, he's
1: becoming more charming
0: so it's kind of hard right
1: yeah it, it, he's, so, he's pretty quickly encouraging people to let down their barriers a bit around
0: him. He said, I've overheard that maybe you were part of a titled monarchal situation. <laughs>
1: and she says, yeah.
0: But she also works as an online brand ambassador for fermented yogurt. And he says, I've had that. It's a gut cleansing
1: treat. <laughs> That's a way of putting that right Look at there. That Look at that rapport. Oh, come on. <laughs> you left out the best part, how he tries to start the conversation with the watch. Then the useless yeah, watch is still on his he arm. does. <laughs>
0: Look at that! The watch is, the, apparently the watch isn't working. You think he still hasn't figured out how to wind it? Someone wind his watch, please. Roman does a drive by. Tells him hands off. Contessa tells him hi. Greg, you can keep the Contessa company, but don't look at her. Everyone knows what you're thinking, and it's disgusting. He then goes to Lori. Lori, how the hell are you?
1: <laughs> With Greg just left afterwards, like yeah sorry. He's what does he say? He's like he's a jerk. My cousin,
0: so, a very rude man.
1: Yeah. Which I, li- I like that the town lady just goes, yep, yep, he is. Moving she on. Agrees.
0: That's why I think he might be making inroads. Because when Roman leaves, she's still there to talk to him. She's oh. still talking to Greg. And, oh. Ro- and Greg's able to, like, create a sort of, like, me and you against Roman thing. Like, isn't oh. he so rude? And she's like, yeah, he is.
1: God, is Greg going to get the threesome that Tom turned down in season two? He, t- I think he might make inroads with this
0: lady. I think I think Greg has way more game than people realize because he's authentic and he's funny and what did i what did i say in the, the previous podcast what i learned in dating i'm not saying this is right i'm saying this is just what. be
1: memorable <laughs>
0: you gotta be memorable and by god that man is memorable and he's very naturally disarming and that serves him well absolutely cut the shiv she's mentioning that gojo's stock popped and uh it held and a lot
1: market- of stock a lot of stocks pop
0: yeah, not and- a lot of stocks pop and hold
1: and to the degree that their market cap is now comparable to Waystar. Important data point for well,
0: she said by midweek their market cap is going be, be close yeah. to ours. So it's a couple like it's a maybe maybe type situation. Like if it keeps going, then maybe Shooting distance be close. close. Shooting distance. Exactly. Tom then mentions the previous night. I was thinking more like uh Love Beads or a Sexy Fireman, but it got into the realms of you don't love me. Yeah. So have, that's a realm. Shiv, okay, well, what happens in Sex Vegas? Tom, so basically what happens here... I'm not going to go through the whole dialogue. Basically what happens here is Tom is saying, Hey, can we talk about that? Because that really hurt my feelings. And she's saying, Hey, look, I was just saying sexy time stuff. Don't hold it against me. Mm-hmm. And Tom's like, Yeah, but. You know? And I think it's a very fair yeah, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Shiv then finally... Then finally, uh, Tom lands on... Did you even mean it about the kids? And she says, Yes. But... But...
1: No one wants get
0: Right now, she wants to freeze some embryos, save some embryos, eggs, save some embryos uh, and be ready for when they do eventually. So they'll be just be to have it. They'll have it all in a freezer, ready to go whenever they're ready to pull. Yeah, it for, for, trigger. for like two and a half Olympics from now. That was the funniest shit. She's like ten. He's like ten years. That's like two and a half Olympics. That's a good such a funny of way of putting that. Shivman says that well, it, it's something happens, uh, you could destroy them. In terms of, like, t- destroy them. Like if you died, I'd still want to have your babies. So Shiv not only has this whole idea in her head that like when I say I want to have kids, what I mean is I want to free some embryos so that we can pull the trigger later if we want to. She also has read the red red like she's read the uh, the, the fine print here.
1: Yeah, she's, with she's the also
0: talking very specifics about like what happens to yeah, the embryos if, if we if get divorced
1: or if we break up or if you die or you know any scenario like it. She has gone through all of it and has really clearly plotted out each of the scenarios.
0: That would be so off putting to me if I was Tom. Like,
1: wow. You okay. clearly like.
0: Do you know the company you want to work with? Like, what? Tell me more about the research you've done here.
1: Yeah, well, come on. We, we enjoy Shiv's addition to the show. The just is great with her. What? What is on putting about their relationship for you? If that's off putting, what turns you on about their relationship? Not the next
0: thing, but the next thing. So the next thing she says is, "You know, Tom, I may not love you, but I do love you." you ah! Ah! Not that. That's <laughs> awful. Okay, go on.
1: What's the positive here? Well, she just says, "Don't fall in." That was kind of cute. Okay, we're ending on that one as the positive. that just puts a whole cherry on the whole scenario. No, it doesn't. No, it does not. <laughs> no, it doesn't.
0: No. Her but line. That her, was at least
1: that little teeny thing was cute. Her cold light of day line of I, lo- I don't love you, but I love you? Shiv is He kicking- should run. What? This is Shiv being her dad. This is Shiv kicking Tom to see whether he comes back. This is exactly that yeah we're seeing it yeah. live
0: it, or or it, it, that is that's really good or she's got a little Roman in her where Roman likes to joke about the truth
1: uh sure a little column a, a little column B I think I think the Roman it's, thing is partly what his dad does too
0: yeah it, yeah exactly maybe he's getting that from the, the original sources is, is Logan but they like like to joke about the truth um it's a really really well, tough here. not
1: only like to joke about the truth they like to joke about the most painful aspect of the truth they like to joke about the truth that you don't want to admit yourself
0: we've been waiting for the tom heel turn we've been waiting for tom is to turn this... on the family turn on shiv we keep we saying thought it was we thought it was going to be to join kendall it looks like there's not even a side to join anymore where where is this heel turn? it's gotta come right tom we... at some point has to say fuck you shiv i'm out
1: when is it happening dude how many times have we said, "Well, it's got to be now. It's got to be that"? Six, seven times over the course of the last few seasons. Well, I don't the, know. The,
0: the primary executive producer for the show, as much of a show, the show doesn't really have a showrunner, but as much of a showrunner as they have,
1: yeah.
0: said it will not go past five seasons. Now, I hesitate telling you that because you have a, a very long history of when someone says that about a show, five you them to it seasons you hold them to it like it's the fucking like it's the law of gravity like well, you like you, well, you, how dare you ever go beyond
1: now that. you understand we're only getting 3 seasons of Ted Lasso right cuz the guy said it like 2 years ago and clearly people, people are this. unable to change their minds <laughs> ever on these subjects i'm hold how
0: many times during the Lasso lowdown did the podcast we did reviewing Ted Lasso did you say
1: i'm going to hold them to it how many times did you say that sentence seven eight i don't even know i get invested in these things i love shows that know when to end and it's planned out don't take this from me
0: yeah well they have said they're saying now openly that it's only going to run five episodes five seasons and people can never change their minds this is a well-known fact when it comes to show well here's the thing though it's very different than than the, the ted lasser thing right because they said the three seasons thing like early on in it right yeah that was like, their marketing this is how pitch. We just sort of thought like they are well into this show succession they're in season three they're th- they're thinking about the ending now so they might really actually only go five
1: seasons i don't know i'm i'm kind of inclined to think the next season might even be a good place to end it i want we talked about this season being kind of retreading ground when it comes to the plot points and plot points kind of falling to the side i worry this show could eventually get a little bit too navel gazing if it goes on too long
0: yeah it's getting there so but I bring all that up to say, like, if they're going to have Tom do he'll turn. If we are approaching the last season or the yep. penultimate Now's season. Now's the time. Yeah, maybe it's time, right? Maybe it's time he can go ahead and do that. All right, let's cut to Roman showing up to see Mattson. He has to take a helicopter to get to a boat to get there. As Roman one does. getting out of the boat. Mattson tries to help him. Want me to hold your hand? Roman slaps his hand, piss off, and he gets up there roman compliments the place and mattson says when he got it he wanted to make sure it was the best in the world but now he's sleeping on a camper on the floor while doing research into the best mattress in the world so this guy they really did write him as what we know about elon musk i find him to be kind of boring
1: in the same way i find elon musk boring i think he finds himself i think he almost acts like he finds himself boring he just has that aura about him of just consistent boredom with the world
0: Matson says he's not feeling great. I'm fine, but not really, Roman. Maybe let's leave the little feely feelings out of
1: it, because I'm going to give you nothing. <laughs> I appreciate that honest marketing out of Roman.
0: They go to the water to look out. Mattson asks Roman what he's worst at. He says success doesn't interest him anymore. It was so funny when he said this. I was watching the episode with my wife, and, and Sarah literally just went,
1: Ugh. Oh, no, I almost hurt myself. My eyes rolled so hard when he said that. I actually had to stop S- watching for
0: a minute. <laughs> Success is so boring. Uh, it, Well, Spencer, you want to know how to do success? You want to know how to do it? Tell me. Tell me, man. Tell me. It's very, very easy. Anyone can do it. Analysis plus capital plus execution. There you go. Boom. Done.
1: Can you give me a little more detail under those? Like, I need some bullet points under those headers.
0: Nope. Anyone can do it. Uh, but what he finds interesting uh-huh. is people's failures. So he wants to know, Roman, what are you bad at? What's your weakness? Roman, I'm not telling you a single one of my weaknesses ever, ever, ever. Ever, ever. Good call. Good call. Matson says and Madsen even tells him it's a good call. He says he gets way in too into people, and then they disappoint him. And Roman just sort of scoffs at that. Matson says he's gonna do quarterly up and outs at the company, which is just basically firing. Uh Roman transitions to ask about the tweet. Do you have big shit coming your way? And Madsen, are you asking for material non-public information? That is when you what? sort of know. What? What? He actually knows, like, he's smarter than he looks.
1: Oh yeah, this is, a, this is. A, he acts the clown. He acts the just, you know, washout kind of guy. But, this guy got where he is by being a serious businessman, and he knows how to do this shit. And Roman is kind of like him, on a
0: much lower level, but he's kind of like him, because he fires back. I don't know, were you trying to juice your share price or were you trying to give your share price a pop by tweeting unverifiable information outside of normal disclosure channels so roman also <laughs> kind of yep. knows what's going on so they cut to the heart of the matter there Mc- Mattson makes fun of that no you're not allowed to do that roman then asks him straight up look do you want the deal madsen says look i do but i'm just a little swedish i'm into equality i like getting into bed with people but i like sharing it equally oh now i understand now <laughs> Madsen, I just want to get the best of everything. Uh, and Roman says, fuck yeah, I get that, definitely. So cut to the core team arriving in Milan. Roman arrives and Jerry greets him. Roman says he thinks it's dead. Madsen is angling for a, quote, merger of equals. Spencer, did you heard this term before? Merger of equals?
1: I had heard this term before. And I think I think Roman's got a very accurate read in the situation of where he's not suggesting this become a component of Waystar. He wants a new entity to arise out of this scenario functioning as a kind of partnership.
0: Yes, he wants two companies to merge equally to create a new one. Roman assures, uh, assumes it's dead, but Jerry says, well, "I'm not sure." Jeremy, oh, this is very funny. Roman asks her, "Do you want to help me brief?" And Jerry's like, "I don't know the specifics." Basically, no, Roman. I'm not. I'm not with you on this. Basically, mm-hmm. they go inside. Logan has Tom, Shiv, Jerry, and Roman in the room, and Frank and Carl on a call. Logan asks, "Among friends." I want to get a sense of what's going on. You- is he a Twitter panty flasher? Or is he a serious person? Roman mm-hmm. says, oh, he's a serious person. And he insists on that. He says he thinks that there's value that hasn't been priced in. And he's gunning for a merger of equals. Roman goes on to explain that he's got a bunch of shit signed up for Gocha. Asian sports leagues, live sports, games, betting. It's a fucking growth bomb. Shiv's trying to wrap her head around it. She's like, you mean 50-50? Like, she's kind of catching yeah, up. Yeah, like, what? what? <laughs> Dad, like 50 50 like the board like dad splits control they turn to logan who
1: thinks but the guy's in a fuckhead. which everybody just... that line okay. everyone just suddenly goes what so we are considering this it's like everyone, yeah. everyone was assuming that oh, okay it's dead what do we do to actually gotta ponder out but logan's looking at this very intelligently and very focusing on de- certain details we didn't think would be as relevant to him so we assumed his pride would get up at this but it really so, is well, the, due do to the case is...
0: There's two things that come out in this conversation that I think give you an idea of why Logan is considering this, right? Mm-hmm. So, Roman says that tweeting was a move. No, he's a snake. I know people. I'm a people sniffer. Ugh. Logan, this is the first thing I think that comes out that really shows you where his head's at. Because I can win any bout with a boxer fuck, but I don't know how to knock out a clown. That's a good, that's a, I like that line a lot. <laughs> Roman insists he's not a clown. It's what you would have done, right? He just maximized leverage. Shiv bemoans a merger of equals. Second thing in the conversation that gives you an idea of where Logan's head's at. No such thing. Tom, always a top job. Roman, so basically what they're saying is, yeah, you can have a, quote, marginal of equals, right? But someone is going to come out on top because someone has to run the resulting company. There's always the top job.
1: And I love we've seen that this episode when it comes to Stewie and Sandy that they thought that all the terms that they set would mean that they'd have an equal seat at the table. And we get to see in this episode, no, you give Logan the reins. He's going to go every once with it and you're just going to play catch up, baby. And, and that's
0: exactly what he's planning for Matson.
1: But yeah. he wants
0: to know that Matson is a predictable fighter in this arena. Right. He's not an actual crazy person because
1: he can't deal with a crazy person. And it's a very good question to Pro- ask, I think. Professional fighters are predictable, but the world is full of amateurs. Yep. Absolutely. Uh
0: so Mattson, um, Roman goes on to say that Matson just wants the title and the prestige, that maybe they could still run things. Because Roman is pivoting here based on his father's reaction. Carl immediately mentions that the family stake would be seriously diluted. That's a point I made earlier. You see Shiv kind of go with that one. Her shoulders mm-hmm. drop a little bit. Uh, Frank then mentions it would be a big upheaval. Shiv then counterpunches. The top team, you'll be fighting for your lives, Roman, but I'm sure you can trust Dad. <laughs> Jerry looks very concerned at this. Roman, a merger is really a state of mind. Dad, Jerry, you stay with your hands on the tiller. I mean, there's price rise, it's real. It's a proper fucking streamer. And the future is movies, TV, music, games, sports, esports, VR, AR, betting, fucking everything for everyone. And Madsen knows how to get there. Now, I don't disagree with his idea of media in the future. Mm -hmm. because that is what is big now i mean you look at some of the biggest media companies let's say in sports like barstool sports which is which is on the rise uh they have embraced betting hard i mean if you get you got a betting problem this world is not not coming your way nope they'll find you people people seem to not give a fuck about protecting people who have gambling problems anymore i mean Mm. it's everywhere and it is super accessible in a way that it used to not be um uh, shiv uh, starts to buy this from roman and logan says well we can't afford to walk away right now must be a conversation son
1: roman seems happy with himself
0: peak of the mountain
1: yeah and he's he, at the top and he gets two texts in rapid order from probably people that mean the most to him both saying well done and i think i think his dad even says good job son or something like that yeah, a little text-y good work sort of kid. yeah good work kid he
0: gets a text from Jerry. Well done, Roman. Roman picks up his phone. Full of himself. <laughs> dinner to celebrate. Very,
1: very full of himself, if you, you might say. Woo. Oh, look at you
0: working blue. Dinner to celebrate Jerry. Important that he includes the name. hmm Eat this. Attaches a picture of his dick. Is going to go up to the two line to type, to put Jerry. But instead, a text from his dad flashes down. Because, you know, on this on the screen on your iPhone, it'll, yep. it'll drop down. The text will be a preview at the very top. And when he goes to click two, without thinking, without seeing, he accidentally clicks the message from his father that had dropped down that says, good work, kid. What does all this mean, Spencer? It means he sends dinner to celebrate Jerry. Eat this and a picture of his penis to his father.
1: Right I, there, in the middle of the meeting, I had to stop the episode. I had to stop the episode. Was it a, a pausing situation? I paused and I paced around my house, so like, oh my god. Among the things we could have predicted, did you on your bingo card was Roman tweets dick picked to dad? Did was that on there? No, but
0: we did know that Logan would find out about these two somehow at some point. And I got to say that when the show, the show, the, the writers probably sat around and had the same conversation we did on the pod, which said, this is this is imperfect information for Logan. This is going to be a liability for him until he figures it out and he will figure it out. Now, we have to write how he figures it out. They decided to make it the most fucking awkward, cruel knife twisting painful possible way for him to
1: find this out it's unbelievable how uncomfortable this is we we talk about wonderful actors in this show but the physical acting of colkin in this moment after he puts two and two together that that vibrating phone on the table is his father's with his dick in it well he turns he, he 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 he
0: looks at his text he goes back to his phone confusion at first yeah and sees that he sent it to his dad and then absolutely give him the emmy now because he just the way he collapses into
1: himself and he actually looks like he turns pale he turns pale and then when his dad just said i need five and walks away he looks we have not seen roman look sad and teary-eyed before and he sells it perfectly for how roman would respond in this moment of where He's, huh, as someone posted on Reddit, he's watching the, the rise and fall of the Roman Empire happen here right in front of him. It's just nightmarish how this is so quickly this is turning on him. And as great as the acting from Kiara Culkin is, and it is, Brian
0: Cox knocks this one out oh, of the park too yeah. because he looks at his phone, looks at his son,
1: looks at his phone, and goes, I need five! Just, yeah. The tone that he hits for these moments of like, I need five! And then we just Now the bankers are now
0: in the room. Oh yeah. So they are in the they're in the room. So he's wasting a lot of valuable time here. And he goes,
1: "I need five.
0: And he walks out. Now Jer- Shiv knows Something. this is a weird time for him to be leaving. Something bad had to have happened here. So he goes. To, she goes to follow him. Roman stuck in his seat, dying.
1: Yes.
0: He throws the phone at her, and she. Let's hearken back to that conversation with Tom, where she goes, "If I can just knock him out,
1: this is she her ammo. sees the
0: blood in the water.
1: This is it." she can kill him right here and man does she dial it up fast honestly he's
0: weird about jerry everyone knows everyone knows it and frankly i think it's fucking disgusting
1: jerry is probably not stopping it for leverage and banking it for ammo but she's hitting both of them she just killed them both in a single conversation she's trying to and i like that logan is so caught off guard he steps in to try to defend both of them it's like, oh, isn't this roman just being roman it's like nope Nope, this is a problem. nope,
0: I think it's a potential problem. There's issues. Everyone says he used to get jerked off by his personal trainer, and now this Jerry thing? So moving forward, Logan then goes, okay, I've had enough. I know you're trying to kill your brother. Thank you,
1: Pinky. I'll handle it from here. Appreciate it. Roman! That Roman is just decades of acting embodied in a word. It just echoed out of the screen. The pillars of the building shook with that Tony hit there. Even Shiv goes, oh, god damn, Dad. I almost wonder was that the actor is like, oh, God, that hurt, actually. Thank you. Okay, playing off the scene.
0: They sit down. Roman comes in. After shooting Jerry a look, like, oh, God, I fucked this up. And Jerry looking at him, like, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable is basically what she's saying. Unforced uh, they sit down, error. Roman, Logan flings his phone across the table. And in an all-timer, all-time moment, all-time yeah. meme, gif, yep. comment. yep. Live dialogue ever, we get. Are you a sicko? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yep. Starting there. It's great. (laughs) Wonderful. Absolutely great. That was incredible. Are you a sicko? Brian Cox is such a
0: wonderful (laughs) actor. Brian Cox is such a great actor. It was, I mean, the internet immediately exploded as it should with gifs of that scene of Brian Cox, glasses on, one hand on the table. One hand at his side, looking at Roman going, are you a sicko? Yeah. <laughs> the best. Why did you send this? Roman Roman, then, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the So obviously sending the text to the wrong person was a mistake. Number two, using Jerry's name was a huge, huge mistake. Because he, if it didn't use her name, he could just say, oh, yeah, I was sending that to Tabs. And yeah. it would be over. His yeah. dad would laugh and they would just move on. Yeah. Then the third thing is he at this point tries to offer come it. clean or come cleanish. Here's what he should have done. You tell me. Yeah, Spencer. He should have said, "Well, Dad, I actually really like Cherry. I've got a thing for her. I like her." And I sometimes I send her these things, and eh, she gives me kind of lukewarm
1: signals. I'm really just trying to work it. I like her. Yeah, it, that's what he should have said. Th- this is the same scenario we talked about with Kendall. He comes into this week that if he'd actually- he actually goes.
0: Uh, It's like, uh, you know, where's my dick?
1: He offers a philosophical explanation of dick pics rather than just confronting the scenario.
0: You know, it's like, here's my dick.
1: And and his dad tries to bail
0: him out and goes, is it like a fuck you? And he's like, no, no. Have you ever heard of dick pics, dad? Logan says, we publish a lot of fucking newspapers. We probably invented the words. Yes, I know what
1: they mean. Great line from Logan there. (sighs) And he just keeps pushing him. It's like, why did you do this? And he has nothing. Nothing. Why?
0: I'm screaming at the television to Roman to just come partially clean. Why, what would have happened if he had just told Logan, Dad, I know I know, you're not going to like this. You're going to find it very strange. But I really like her.
1: And Logan keeps giving him outs. He keeps giving him ways of just like explaining what the scenario is. Like, you had a problem, aren't you, with that girl? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. then he says he's screwing around and logan
0: i don't like things going on i don't know about Mm, 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 mm. now you talked about your eyes rolling earlier are you get your eyes in your socket but get them flexible because they need to roll hard here here we go here we go she's a million years old it's fucking
1: disgusting (laughs) you're a laughing stock go on fuck off. the hypocrisy the just crystallized hypocrisy in that line is delicious it's unbelievable
0: how brazen he is with his hypocrisy and to someone who he knows knows he knows roman knows about him and carrie doesn't yeah. care he's not trying to hide it he gives no fucks. so Apparently, roman please. goes what happens then logan i don't want jerry hanging around like frozen piss roman uh i'm not a radical feminist dad but i think perhaps we should not fire her for receiving pictures of my
1: dick can, can we embody yeah well said a philosophy for our age right there yeah, pretty solid point from Roman I think that's baseline I think yeah. the baseline of what we should do here we're celebrating any humanity from these people at this point this is what we're celebrating here she shouldn't be fired for receiving my dick pic what a, a lesson for we the ages we shouldn't
0: fire Jerry for being sexually harassed by yes
1: him. absolutely
0: uh, and this is the scene this might surprise you but this is the scene that I all day I'm actually on vacation right now. Yeah. And I had to do this podcast. And sometimes when you're, you know, you're kind of like on vacation, but you have an obligation that kind of eats at you all day. Like it could have been work for me. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, Spencer? It's not. Because of this scene I get to talk to you about. I'm so fucking excited to hear your thoughts on this scene. Shiv Jerry? Shiv pulls Jerry, yes. Shiv pulls Jerry aside. (gasps) And man, does Shiv think she is slick here. I'm sorry about all this. I just want to get really clear about what's going on. She tries to do the like pow, (laughs) girl talk thing.
1: Most importantly,
0: I want to see if you're okay. Jerry just sort of nods. It's not a big deal. Shiv, God, this must be so hard for you. Do you want to sit? Jerry doesn't even sit right there. There's a sign. Shiv, so has this or something like this happened before? Jerry... I, don't. I can't recall. Spencer. Attorney, attorney head on. Yes.
1: How proud are you right <laughs> now? I'm so. She is concussed. She is surprised by the scenario, but she is right there with the legalese. I'm with her.
0: She does snap into lawyers so fast. I was so impressed how she just goes. I can't recall.
1: Like perfect well, answer. She to reads. Not, the, yep. She reads the scenario perfectly. Immediately, it's like, oh, this is an indictment. This, this is somebody who has their own purposes here and I can be on the chopping block just as fast. Give them nothing until I can reassess. Yes. If you, like, I'm
0: not a lawyer, but I know this. If you're getting asked questions in a situation where you have, that you are, could be implicated in some sort of wrongdoing, give non-answers until you get a lawyer. Yep. I can't recall. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll get back to you know. on that. I'll get back to you. I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm having trouble remembering right now. Any of these things. Just mm-hmm. say that and then go get a lawyer, which is exactly what our girl, Jerry, does. Because Shiv then says, if it did, did you ask him to stop? And Jerry said, let's talk about this tomorrow, okay? I just need to check in with some people. I literally, I was watching this at the uh, uh, on Sunday night. I paused and had the, my, I was like, I fucking wish Spencer was here with me because I, I know he would be so happy about what Jerry's doing right now. Because so many of these shows we've done we've done reviews and you've had to be like, your lawyer hat
1: has your head exploded. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so God, they you never do that. Stupid. Why would they do that? And suddenly I'm like, <gasps> oh doing the right thing. They're doing it beautifully. She's acting like a lawyer. <laughs> Finally, you have one you can be proud of. Well, she's also also acting like an experienced campaigner. She's looking at this young whippersnapper making a move. And she's just like, oh, you are digging your own grave and you don't even know this shit yet.
0: Shiv then says something that I believe could blow back on her in a very negative way. (laughs) Shiv's doing
1: something that could blow back on her? Do tell.
0: Yeah, she says, if you can't, she says... I just want to be clear about what was going on for your own well being, and if you weren't like soliciting these picks, or okay with them, or happy with them, like if you were, then that would look that. And you don't speak. But no, let me me see what she's trying to say. I've got. I got you. I got you. Okay. She says, if you were not okay with these, and you don't go to HR, it makes it look like you were okay with these. Mm -hmm. So you need to go to HR. You need to speak up. And then she says this part that I thought was way over the line. Oh, yeah. If you can't deal with your own sexual harassment, it's not a good look. Oh,
1: oh, Jesus. What? Where are women supporting each other
0: in the workplace with lines like that? It's unbelievable. Like, that is such a crazy line. And then Jerry just says, I can cope. So she's just given her nothing, which well, I just love it.
1: Jerry's expression there is given her nothing, but the l- reading between the lines is, okay, that one I'm fe- that when I eventually kill you, when I eventually outlast you, like I've done thousands like you before, we're gonna remember that line together.
0: <laughs> or maybe I help kill you with that line, because yeah. if this all blows up and goes to HR and goes to the board, I'm gonna say that the president told me I needed to be able to handle my own sexual harassment. Otherwise, it would be bad for my career. Shiv then pushes her to report it to HR. Uh, and then she says, Jerry basically says, that's for me to decide if I go to HR or not. Um, Shiv then pitches the idea of going all the way up to the board with it. And Jerry succinctly thanks her for giving it so much thought and says, I'll think it over okay. I'm going back inside. Shiv
1: thought she could play
0: Jerry. Shiv's She an thought idiot. she could play her.
1: Sh- Shiv... This is what we talked about before, where Shiv doesn't know how to go for the easy win. She doesn't know how to do it. She doesn't know how to go for steady progress. She sees an opportunity to kill two people that could be potential rivals. She jumps on it, whether it's a wise handed. move or not.
0: Everything's so heavy-handed
1: with her. She, she doesn't know how to hide her motivations at any point. She al- It's always on the surface, and it's always gloating. And it just so consistently leads her to failure. Jerry is not the person you want to make an enemy right now. Jerry has no practical choice in this moment other than to sell Roman out. That is the play for Jerry. But by doing this, you are driving her into Roman's camp. Giving her, You are painting yourself as now their mutual opponent, where their best scenario is to oppose you. Now, you've asked
0: me to score rounds and score conversations. Yeah. How do you score this round between
1: Shiv and Jerry? Shiv walks out of this thinking that she is I don't know how to score boxing. She a clear win. She thinks that everything has shifted in my favor. They're on the mat. This is going to be a cakewalk from here. That's what she leaves this fight thinking. What she reality when re, what reality she did? She landed a lot of ineffectual punches and t- showed what the weakness in her style was in round 1 and the fight continues from here. Yep, so so proud of Jerry. I'm proud of Jerry for doing what she. Jerry is the master of avoiding obvious, of avoiding unnecessary losses, of taking of taking a hit, shrugging it off, and planning for what the next battle is going to be. And she does is,
0: not make unforced errors, whereas Roman just runs on those. Cut to Kendall and his kids at a pool. Great shot of a donut with cream oozing out and a sunscreen bottle with green oozing out. I think what they were trying to show you is life of excess is what they're trying to show you here. Um, The kids get up and leave. We see Kendall on a floating raft. Kendall seems completely trashed, really drunk. He's got a beer in his hand. Uh, Then we see Kendall's face sort of hangs over the top of the floater that he's on. We get a shot from under the pool of his beer dropping and then Kendall clearly breathing underwater. Um, He appears to be unconscious with his face underwater breathing and we get some terrible augmented chords like really harsh ending um, from a score perspective of the episode and then the episode is over. Okay. You already kind of tipped your hand as to what you thought here. I I asked you is that the last thing Logan's going to say to Kendall and you said no I don't think it is. You think people are overreacting to the last scene. I'm going to tell you my thoughts here. Please. I don't think Kendall is dead. I don't think they're killing Kendall. But I wish they would. And this comes from a Kendall fan. Mm. I think Kendall's arc is over in the show. And I think the idea that he would do something like get drunk in a pool and, and, and fall in and, and suffocate or, or drown, that's kind of in keeping with this guy. As much as I hate to say it, he's not gotten the help he needs. His drinking has gotten more, more and more worse. And where he's put himself, he's put himself in this extreme position of danger. I, I think that it's a natural good ending spot for the character. And I wish the show had the guts to kill him, but I don't think they're going to. And and if they don't, I'm going to be really really mad at the show for doing something cheap and easy to create drama at the end of the at the end of the episode. I think it's a cheap move that the show is better than. Unless they kill him, Spencer,
1: what say you? They're not killing him. This episode, they're not. I um, I would bet a lot of money on that subject right now. I think. Sad to say, killing him could be a very effective narrative arc that would be the kind of aggressive, confident, surprising storytelling that we've liked out of this show previously. The other thing I think they may be setting up is Kendall going to prison. Is Kendall, like, voluntarily confessing to what happened with the, um, the caterer? And using that as a means of both unburdening his own sins, but also trying to bring down his dad with him. I don't think it would work. I think his dad was way too smart to not cover his tracks with respect to that instant, But I think that's another thing that they have telegraphed to a certain degree. Of That's kind of the only way Kendall gets free of all this.
0: Yeah, I don't see that part. I, I don't, I don't, I think, I think what we're going to get is someone finding him, yelling, Kendall, you know, wake up and pump, maybe he has to go to the hospital or something. And the family finds out, oh, Kendall almost died. But I don't think they're going to kill him, and if they don't, that is so such a such a cheap move well, to I do did. at the end of that episode to create this weird, stupid hang, cliffhanger. And I think it's a good end to his character. This what? is a good ending spot.
1: I almost read that. What he's doing at the end is just kind of echoing in his head. His da- the, what his dad said in his head about how long was he under the water? How long did he hold his breath before he drank? So you don't think
0: Kendall's unconscious here?
1: No, I don't. I think Kendall's just very much in his head. Those last lines from his dad just. Well, why did we drop the him. beer? Because he did. I don't think he needs a particular reason for dropping the beer. I don't think I don't see him as being. Think, as, but
0: that. But why would they? I think they're trying to show you that he's unconscious with
1: the beer dropping. I, I read it as just him being utterly indifferent to the world, rather than necessarily being asleep. Because he doesn't look unconscious with the, the, the last scene. Well, His hand kind of falls off. I mean,
0: like he drops the beer and his hand kind of falls dead. I th- I really think they're trying to show you that he's unconscious. And I, I honestly, I want I if the show was the show that I wish it would be, they'd kill him, and they'd march on. With the confidence that they can survive without that character, that they gave it a good ending to where that character should be, ultimately they're not gonna do it. I will say this, I did break my rule. I my rule is always I will not watch the preview of the next episode.
1: They don't show him in the preview. They don't show Kendall
0: in the next preview. So, so they,
1: cl- they clearly want us to be They're playing on it. Ponder
0: it. Either thing. they killed him, which we both think they didn't, or they're playing on it.
1: Yeah. I think I think I think they're playing on it.
0: And that will disappoint me, and I will think that the show has gotten pretty cheap. Okay, I think that's the end of the recap, Spencer. Let's jump into segments. I say we do line of succession first because I'm so excited to get to the winner and loser of the episode. Let's let's make that sort of the finale. What is our potential line of the episodes? Uh,
1: I, I, I'm going to request that we actually do Roy the episode first because my notes are loading on another computer for line of the episode, and I need a minute for them to load. <laughs> So quit- oh,
0: okay. We can do that. We can do. Roy, the episode. It's just that that that's going to require some thought here. Um, I can tell you who I think is the winner of the episode. Clear winner, number one with a bullet, no questions asked, is our boy Greg.
1: I, it all depends what in the moment. Sure, in the moment, sure. He, this could blow up. This could be a problem. It can end up with nobody by the end of, by the next episode. But yeah, but
0: that's all. That's like th- the reason I'm putting him there isn't because of like oh he got comfy or what. I mean, that's kind of nice, but he's now out of the shit. Like his Fair. stuff is like not consequential anymore. Like he's out of real problems. Like if the if the worst case scenario happens to him, he doesn't get a girlfriend. Like. He's winning. Yeah, he's <laughs> winning compared and, to the rest of these and, fucking idiots. And he's demonstrating
1: <laughs> confidence and independent action in a way that he's never seen before. Where nothing these people are even throwing at him sticks to him anymore. So, yeah, kudos to Greg. Not only do you not get, only get not wait is he getting an honorable mention or is he actually getting number one for this episode? I think he wins the episode. I think he's the winner. Okay, I think he wins it by mostly avoiding it. Number two, exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: because this is an episode where everyone is in crap. Like. Logan? And he's just not.
1: Logan's got to be number two, then, I think. just because Logan,
0: Logan would be number two. And the reason I would say that he's below is um, he may be getting into bed with a crazy person, because I think Madison might be fucking
1: crazy. I think he um, knows it, though. I think he's aware of Madison in a better way than most of the other characters, than Roman particularly is. Uh,
0: he now has a very delicate personnel situation that he is not a very delicate handler of. No. Uh, and then he the way he handled the thing with Kendall, I felt like, was... Um, I mean, we know he's a bad dad, but I think he was willing to basically accept being evil. And he's just like, yes, I'm evil. And I, I'm not like that.
1: The guy sucks. Yeah. He just sucks. No, and he might have killed his kid. He is a horrible person by any way we can measure this. But he is winning, at least at present.
0: <laughs> he is. But I still give, I'll give Greg the nod over Logan, but Logan is too. Then we start getting into the kids and it's Shiv? all junk. It's all bad. I think you have to go Shiv,
1: but like. Shiv thinks she's, she's not. One. She's not positive. She thinks she's number one this episode. She thinks she's had a clear win. She hasn't. And she took a hell of a lot of kicks to even get to where she is. She's number three on our list, but she's a net negative for the episode. Because yeah. I think she
0: lost that fight with Jerry and she doesn't even know it, which is the worst fight. part. That's, when you lose a fight and you don't
1: even know you lost a fight, that's pretty rough. She lost the fight with Jerry. She lost the fight with her mom. Dear Christ, did she lose the fight with her mom. And yes. what she learned from that is going to be bad and disastrous for the, for her and those around her.
0: And you're starting to think the inevitable heel turn from Tom isn't happening, but she certainly gave him a lot of ammunition. I mean, that she was pretty Man. awful to her husband this episode. Yeah, uh, and then, then I think is as strange as this may sound. Kindle might not have lost any- <laughs> Kindle, even though he might have died. Kindle dead still
1: does better than Roman did this he episode. He might have died. That's what you're saying. And I still think he might have done better than Roman. I mean, just... <laughs> uh, ha- Part of it has to be, for fact, I agree. Part of it has to be just how far the character fell. Yes. Kindle was already low. Death does not fall that much farther from where Kindle is. Which is why I think they should do it. Roman, on the other hand, was number Huge one... Huge fall. He's been ranking high for us episode after episode. He was number one boy. You're my number one boy. And then consistently, he again finds a way to just shoot himself in the foot. Not even the foot. He shot himself in a way that just left nothing below the waist. That's how much he destroyed himself and his chances in one fell swoop. It was unbelievable.
0: Massive, colossal... I mean, well, we saw it coming. I mean, the, the, the... the overconfidence he displayed at the end of the last episode, the outright cruelty—we knew karma, everything—it was all coming to him at some point. We, but we the the dragon Jerry into it is is kind of really tough because uh, uh, she doesn't deserve any of this shit. Credit
1: credit to Roman, and he's done this before. Knowing that he's fucked, he still makes an effort to defend Jerry. He does. He did. He 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 stopped. And the only thing, the only thing only he said active that had any, thing he said. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the only thing that he said that ha- that made any lick of sense at all in that entire conversation, the rest of it was complete babble. Was don't fire Jerry? That doesn't make any sense.
1: And I think I don't think Logan's going to for a I don't variety think he's going of reasons. To I think that landed with Logan. Well, I, th- I, I don't think he was going to. Period. I think he's just pissed and struggling with the scenario. I think Jerry's too valuable to him, and he knows that. But right. I think I think that did land a bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, we didn't rank Connor. Oh, Connor. Um, Can't be high. He, it's pretty. He's rough. above Shiv though, right? she at least said i'll think about it it's it, it connor i almost want to not even rank connor this episode he's mostly a non-entity compared to everybody else i mean him and wild is cringy but compared to everything else we get it doesn't even rank
0: you speak in my language every week i forget connor and you you, you force me to rank him so if you want to leave him out let's leave him out hey, I, he, absolutely
1: I, I don't think he may i think i don't think he merits 100
0: okay there we go loser of the episode our boy Roman, winner of the episode, which I squeak out. I'm not sure you agreed with me on it, but you let me you let me take it. I'll let you, Greg. It.
1: I'll let you, boy it. of the
0: episode, Greg. All right, you ready for line of succession? I got my notes now. Yeah. So I'll- okay, I'll start with Shiv. Um, you know, Tom, I may not love you, but I do love you. You know.
1: <laughs> You're starting hard, man. I thought you were gonna work our way up to that one. Um, uh, Roman, look at you trying to get inside my head. Don't open Pandora's box. It's just more dicks in there. Uh, Cousin Greg, uh, my cousin, a very rude man. (laughs) Tom, about Greg, the man dying of thirst is suddenly a mineral water critic. Oh, there's a lot in that conversation that could be I'm just Um, doing
0: one, but there's a lot of great ones, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, am I'm going I'm going down. I don't have a ton of them this episode. Logan, because I can win any bout with a boxer, fuck, but I don't know how to knock out a clown.
1: That's a great one. I like that one a lot. Another one from Logan then, uh, well, I'm not used to negotiating via eggplant was hilarious. I love the just deadpan that Brian Cox delivers.
0: Life's not knights on horseback. It's a number on a piece of paper. It's a fight for a knife in the
1: mud. I don't know if, a Roman, if a Logan line's going to win but man it's just an overall for a character with lines, I think he as a character has to win this episode with the, that kind of quality we get out of him. Yep. Um, let's see here just a few more from me. He never saw anything he loved that he didn't want to kick just to see if it would come back is a cutting assessment of a character right there
0: unbelievable and i had to, the line right before that caroline truth is i probably should have never had children just because how power i mean to say that to your own child is unbelievable i mean the, the power in that
1: yeah absolutely uh br- most brutal line maybe of the entire season uh how long was that kid alive before he started sucking water couple minutes three four five long time two minutes what were you even doing huh chasing a bit of tail hey are you queer did you try to fuck him or was it just the drugs Oh dear God! You've already won. Just let the man be dead now. It is also indicative of someone who is not
0: an addict talking to someone who's an addict. Yeah, like he thinks like, well, it couldn't just be the drugs, right? And, like the, <laughs> the addict is like, of course, it's of course it's just the drugs, Dad. What are you talking about? Like, of course it is. Like, it's, a, it's such a funny idea, like how they how different they are in their perspective.
1: Well, it reveals a little bit of a similarity between Logan and Roman. Been, all, his children are various aspects of, of Logan's character, but he also con- tends to default towards sexual to explain things yeah
0: that's true and, and in reality like you can pretty much explain the behavior of addicts no, <laughs> all around he's like, an addict the addictive yeah, it was the it was drugs yeah it was the drugs don't minimize that um, alright uh, for me the next one I've got is my fa- this is not going to be line of the episode mm-hmm. but it's my favorite line of the episode it's the one I will repeat the most often probably to you many many times are you a sicker?
1: <laughs> <laughs> fine enough uh, I think it's a good enough point. Dan here. among this list, who wins, sir? Hmm, that
0: is interesting. We have some great ones, obviously. All right, here we go. Line of Succession, season three, episode eight. Life's not knights on horseback. It's a number on a piece of paper. It's a fight. A knife in the mud, and I I I, I say that because not because I mean it 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 perfectly encapsulates Logan's worldview, but I also think it encapsulates what the writers think of this world of of like how this world because you know like it does seem that good intentions don't pay off in this world Mm -hmm. that it is just whoever gets the knife in the fight in the mud and usually is Logan why because he's the one that's willing to gouge you in the fucking eye and and you know punch you in the nose to get it
1: no when 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 that line was said, I actually gasped a little bit because that was just such a perfect philosophy of the show. It, it seems to be, I don't know whether the show believes it, but it certainly seems that the characters are thinking it and some people are surviving by keeping that philosophy. I think and, it's what the writers think of the world that these people operate in. I don't, I'm not sure yeah. they're
0: saying the whole world is like this, but I think they're saying that this, this where they're at, the, the peers that they have, you mm-hmm. know, that this is how that, that world kind of works a little bit. And I think it's 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 poetic. It's brilliant. Okay. I agree. Last segment.
1: Spencer's relationship advice of the episode. Spencer, take it away. Good. I'm going to do two. Just because I feel like I owe you two. So one yes! we've already, well, already kind of referenced. One of the most douchey, horrible things you can ever do to a partner is put them in a scenario where they are obliged to feel that they need to do something based on crowd pressure. And the most famous oh, example is that is proposing to somebody in a public place. Like, people that proposed to another person in a theater should be taken out and shot. Or in an auditorium or a coliseum where they put you up on the megaboard. Kill those people for the sake of the embarrassment they've inflicted on somebody else. Right then and there. Because you're not... let put them on the fire line. No, it, it is horrible when I see that done. Because even, even on the off chance the person is into it, you're pa- painting a scenario of where they can't actually feel obliged to make a choice they feel is best for them because the world is now judging them in this given moment.
0: You're forcing their answer, which is exactly what Connor did here, by the way. He looked at her and he said, you know, people are looking now. You have to say yes now.
1: Yeah. If If you're pondering a scenario that is the rest of your lives, you have no ability, no justification for making them answer now, right there. It'd be lovely if they did, if they're exactly the same page. But if they aren't, that's not on you. That's just a big decision that you're right now springing on them. Don't ever do that with the eyes of the world looking on them. 100% agree. Okay. Point number one. Point number two. If you're going to do role play, as we see in this episode... (laughs) Spencer's to advice, advice of the episode: How to you do roleplay? Okay, first things first. You need to have a good, honest conversation about what, what what the particular rules and parameters of what you're going to do are. Simply just springing into it without any pre pr- 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 clear prior discussion is asking for problems and asking for hurt oh, feelings. This is beforehand. This is great. This is a, this is something where it, it can work out wonderfully. It also can be very painful for the other person. And the best way you can avoid that is by discussing it, working out it in advance. Consent is fun, people. Work it out and discuss the details before you just spring unfortunate scenarios. Someone else, but also something that everybody also everybody often leaves out. Aftercare is essential. Once you've done this, particularly for the first time, you need to have a moment of just you know cuddling, unpacking of what the hell just occurred, whether it worked for you, whether it didn't, and making sure the other person is okay. Which is something I don't think anybody on this show ever ponders, ever doing with a romantic partner ever. Ever. And and it just leads to this hurt feelings the next day in a way that could always be avoided if you just talk to your partner about the scenario you worked out. So role play can be a great great degree, great degree of fun with your partner. It can be a wonderful experience, but only if you do it right and only if you take the time to make it work, which they clearly made no attempt at at this show it between these characters.
0: Unbelievable. I I got you on a podcast telling people how to do role play. I, I'm I, here for look, you, I've succeeded in the podcast network. Mangum Talks has succeeded I've reached the mountaintop. I got Spencer on pod to tell people how to do role play. This is phenomenal. Thank you, Spencer. And you happen to be right. Uh, you happen to, and I, I really like the point about the after discussion.
1: It's um, forgotten I think If you're so gonna often. participate
0: in something like that, you need to, you need to talk about it afterwards. It encourages open and honest dialogue. Completely agree. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you for another wonderful episode and a great season so far. This has been so much fun to talk succession with Only you and my friend. One... We have got the finale. And we know this show does not take finales
1: lightly. What is the name of the finale, by the way? I don't know the name. The name of the finale is, I've got it written down here. Uh, While you look at it, I will say that... Go ahead. All the Bells Say. All the Bells Say. And didn't you say that there's, like, something going on with the the names of the finales or something? Some really hawk-eyed person on Reddit, I take no credit for this, noted that the end episodes of each season have been quoting a passage, certain parts of a passage of a poem that was written by John Berryman entitled Dream Song 29. I looked at it, I read the poem, it's a great poem. Every single of the lines is buried in there in what is a deeply depressing poem about a guy who is suffering from horrendous depression and is pondering whether he's a killer. Doesn't
0: that feel kind of vaguely on point? yeah, sounds like sounds like the story of Kindle. Um, so if that's the case and if that's a representation of what the finales are supposed to be about, then maybe we'll get some sort of big moment for Kindle.
1: Yeah, uh, we
0: tend to in the end of these ep- uh end of these seasons. Uh, so all I can say is that we've got a sample size of two, and the finales for season one and season two were a bang, to say the least. Oh, yeah. So I think we're gonna have a huge episode, probably going to be a lot of plot movement. Probably going to be a super packed episode. They're usually a little bit longer. So I am absolutely riveted to see where the I, show goes I, and what they do, especially with the the newfound uh, tidbit that we have that they may not be going for too much longer. They might end, they might wrap in another season or two.
1: I will say this as just a side bet. In the event that Kendall actually dies in this next episode or is found dead yeah. in this next episode, I will wear a trucker hat to work in reverse. Whoa,
0: look at that. Spencer's going to be trucker hat guy, big throw, big trucker hat guy,
1: In reverse too. Throwing down, throwing down a bet for you. <laughs> put, put some risk on the line here. Uh,
0: there you go. Good for you. Uh, if if the the hat Spencer will do a trucker hat backwards, which by the way, I've been we've been asking Spencer. You got to be a trucker hat guy. So I'm, I'm so glad that he's. You've <laughs> been trying so in. hard. He's going to be a trucker hat guy. If Kendall is actually dead, uh, I don't I don't think he is. But I hope the show goes there. I hope they have the guts to do it. But anyway. Next week, I think we're going to have an absolutely full episode with a lot to unpack and a lot to do. So, Spencer, I cannot wait to get on the horn and do it with you. Thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you out there. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, We do this, guys, for you. Spencer and I are going to talk about the episodes anyway, but we record it because we hope it makes your day a little bit better. So thanks a lot for joining us. And we hope you have a great week, and we will talk to you after the finale of Season 3. See you then.